Hello, everyone, and welcome to Weekly Manga Recap. It's the 1st of November, 2023, which means that everything has grown a lot more boring in the past 24 hours. I disagree, uh, Nick. <laughs> I, yeah, I hung up my Christmas wreath today. I was so excited. Uh, I started uh, listening to All I Want for Christmas is You. Uh, I, I'm, I, this is tis the season, Nick. Tis the season. And I had to check to make sure I'm wearing a black T-shirt and <laughs> shield myself from this. <laughs> I uh, I'm like maybe I should get a Santa hat now so I could really just <laughs> start living in the moment. There's a, a TikTok live that has Santa on it that makes a lot of money because it's just kids who are like, I want to give money to Santa. It's ingenious. I, it, like, I'm truly in awe of it, but I sometimes just watch because it's very nice. Also, yes, as Eerie Gray mentioned, the Spookmaster General is dead <laughs> until next year. Yeah, there's dead a until new, next year. There's, there, I had to bury him today. Uh, I don't know if you... <laughs> I don't know if you know, they don't like fade away into the this ether. This is a gruesome new detail. <laughs> they don't fade away into the ether. <laughs> they leave behind a very bad corpse. <laughs> and you have to bury them because they rot quickly. <laughs> yes. Oh, they stink. Uh, like vinegar. Re- weirdly enough, they don't really eat a lot of vinegar, but they reek like it for sure. Uh, tracked uh uh raccoons uh into your into your dwelling as well yeah uh so just gotta get 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 that get that chucked in the plot back in the backyard and unmarked throw. no one's gonna no one's gonna mourn <laughs> 2023 yeah. spookmaster general just people like looking at their phones like eh, another one yeah, okay. <laughs> just... it doesn't it doesn't hit the tmz like uh news feed like <laughs> spookmaster general found dead october 31st Whatever. 2023 as expected <laughs> as is the tradition how weird would that be if we <laughs> like if we lived in a world where like resurrection were commonplace and so if we just like you have to you have to report it because it's technically news, but it's like, oh yeah, Jesus died again today. You know, whatever. <laughs> Krillin dead recently, but we all know he's. They're gonna get the Dragon Balls and bring him back. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah. Goku Honestly. died, but um, not for nothing. He comes back pretty frequently, so stay tuned for the end of the year. Hey, Mister Satan's making another movie. That's pretty cool. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> Everyone's excited about release. Oh, oh boy! I can't wait for the new Mister Satan movie. Um, <laughs> all right, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here too. Uh, what was I gonna say? I had a thought. It's gone now. Anyway, uh, Nick, we should talk. We have so many manga to talk we about. Have we have. Uh, you said 14, and I was like, I don't. 14. That sounds like an exaggeration. And I counted it, and I hit yeah. 14. And I was like, okay, let's start. Eyes uh, bigger than our stomachs, maybe, uh, mm-hmm. in terms of some of the stuff that we've taken on recently. But we'll start things off with My Hero Academia. It's chapter number 405, The Final Boss. So last time, Bakugo came back from the dead. See? It's common. Mm-hmm. And uh, blasted through the air with help from Deku, snatched All Might from All for One's hands, and in fact, blew All for One's hands off of the process. Yep. We begin this chapter with everyone reacting to this. All for one looks surprisingly pleased about it. Like that's 
That's a smile. Maybe he's just not I, really I, reacting to what's I, happened. I think, I think he's just insane. I think yeah. he's just like, you what? You, you did what, my guy? <laughs> you stopped me from killing my rival in a gruesome fashion on television, and you took off my arm? Say what? This is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd flip you off, but you know. Yeah, he's, he's just like, what? I don't even have a way. I came into like the arm thing. You fuck. I hate you. <laughs> uh, All Might speaks to Sir Night Eye inside his mind palace. So this is like full blown like hallucination, right? Uh, yeah. Night Eye's not. <laughs> it, it is. I, I was at first like very confused, like. Does he also have a connection to like talk to him? And then All Might's like, "Wait, is this what I'm making my? Halluc- Why is my hallucination so mean to me? <laughs> <laughs> so snarky. <laughs> why? Why is so, my, my hallucination giving me sass? All Might invokes that Night Eye had warned him. And the thing that drove them apart uh, initially was Night Eye saying that if he continued on this path, he would die a gruesome death." And so All Might's like, wait, I thought that th- I thought I was supposed to die here. And Night Eye says, oh, it was. This was where your dream died, but fate was reshaped. But what's true is that the dream did end here. Uh, yep. <laughs> see, it doesn't have to make sense because he's hallucinating. <laughs> it's just like, no, like I saw that something bad was supposed to happen. I kind of, you know, skimmed at that point. And then, <laughs> and then I told you, like, I saw you about to be ripped in half in the air. And I was like, ooh, that seems bad. I'm just going to tell him there. No need to look any further at the gruesome rest of the details. I didn't see that the kid saved you. You know what? Or it's like when you skip to the last sentence of a book. And it's, uh-huh. and it's like, and they walked off into the sunset. So, well, I'm bet, I, I'll bet that means that everything's fine. And it doesn't talk about like all the horrible things that surround that. It's like, you, you can't just see the very end. You got to have the well, context. The idea that walking into the sunset actually just means they're walking into the sun. <laughs> as, right. an, as, as an act of like suicide. Like, ah. Which... It, I mean, very impressive if you do manage to do that. To walk into the sun? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Not walk into the sun. Walk into the sunset. Oh, because I was going to say, I only know one person who's walked on the sun. That's Smash Mouth. Right. Uh Uh-huh. Don't delay. Act now. So lies are running out. Yep. You know what I'm going for? I know what what you're going for. Uh, The the lyrics of that song are too weird for me to remember them all. But you know, the meteor men beg to differ. Judging by the hole in the satellite picture. That's the other one. That's I know. The other one. <laughs> That's the one I know all the lyrics for, though. I'm gonna, <laughs> I gotta get those in somewhere. Nick, you know somebody once told me the world was gonna roll me. Uh, Hakuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. Wait, no, no. Um. Uh, anyways, I don't really know why this t- topic came up, but keep going. So, uh. All Might is now given the assurance of like, hey, you know, you kept your promise. You're going to be able to wa- keep watch over Deku and everything. But he says like, I but everyone knows that the old master is supposed to die after passing on the torch. Sir Nidai says, you've read too many comic books, Toshinori Yagi. So, look, we're not doing that. This is just <laughs> flat out saying that, like, yes, I know that that's the cliche. And I know that I was setting up for that to happen. But I am telling you, I am subverting it yes. directly. <laughs> I am, I am directly going against the trope. Uh, but 
meanwhile, meanwhile Jiraiya in a fucking lake somewhere be like, wow, I couldn't have gotten this. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> Uh, Night Eye says to, to All Might, you are a hero, but you're also human. You can't die so readily. Which, yeah, uh, I, I do like the message of like, look, don't be so desperate to sacrifice yourself. That yeah. even if it's coming from All Might's own head, it's nice. Uh, but as a result of Bakugo's big save, uh, everyone who was watching the whole time has witnessed Bakugo's big goddamn hero moment and i do like that some of the little kids uh recognize him and they're like yay it's bakugo it's it's nice uh-huh. uh uh and all might says oh bakugo are you okay because you know he was dead a year and a <laughs> half ago uh and bakugo's like yeah i'm fine vomits <laughs> up blood but it's okay this is not only a weird parallel between him and all might it's also a good thing as it turns out so Edshot remember Edshot he who sacrificed himself so that Bakugo could live little little tiny thread with all of his ability to speak and think I guess crawls out from the stitching over Bakugo's chest and falls on the floor and says oh I forced you to expel the pooled blood within so it's a good thing that he yeah. dropped up blood. Good. Yeah. Oh, dude, Nick, this is like uh, when uh, Josuke and uh, oh god, why am, I can't believe I'm forgetting characters apart. For anyway, they go to Pearl Jam. They eat, they eat the food and like it shoots out their old rotted teeth and then like gives them the like, new good ones and shit like that. It's like oh my god, this is gruesome. And you're like oh wait, actually this is making him a lot better. Fine. Okuyasu. Fine. I don't know why I blanked on his name. Uh. So yeah, he says that Edshot says he used his own body to mend all the damage to Bakugo's body, but he says every breath you take uh, will inflict hellish agony on you. Uh, so take a rest. And Bakugo's like, yeah, okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, Edshot says like, oh, I'm not the only one who, who saved you because there was, there was a spark. It was a, a tiny bead of sweat Bakugo had that, that gave him life from the explosion inside of it. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if having a, dr a drop of nitroglycerin inside of you when you're near death is a good thing. Uh <laughs> Nick, if Enel can restart his own heart by electrocuting himself, I think right. this is okay. I'm gonna go to the scoreboard, Nick. Turns out it's okay. Okay. I'm gonna well, look, it, I'm gonna look to the judges. They give me an okay. I can't see them, but I guess oh. I'll take No, it. they're right there. You can't... I know, uh, it, I, based off of, like, the way my room's shaped, you feel like you could have a general idea what's supposed to be right over here, but there's actually a panel of five judges. Uh, <laughs> it's a big panel of judges. You'd think one would be enough, but I, I need to make sure. That was a unanimous decision, though. They said this right. is okay. Nick, that, there's not a corner here. There's actually like a, it like opens up into a second room at that mm -hmm. corner. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like how in the Friends show, if you opened up one of the uh, doors to one of the rooms, it actually led to the central perk uh, right. set. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Bakugo's own power was what made sure he didn't die. I guess he's fine. Uh, All Might, uh, who is still not doing hot. Remember, he was beaten nearly to death even before Bakugo saves him. Uh, says like, oh, your arm. 
and uh, Bako extends his arm out, and All Might says, This won't do its original job anymore, but it can still serve as a brace. Great explosion, murder god dynamite. <laughs> Say the whole thing. I did. Uh, and he gifts Bakugo, like, the last remaining uh, part of his arsenal, the gauntlet that he was going to use to trigger the explosion, uh, and it wraps around Bakugo's arm in his place, and Bakugo gives this very uncharacteristic, nice smile. Oh, uh, it's so sweet! This. It's the same smile he used to give when he would look at All Might, like, as a kid. Like, it's a very, like, yeah. genuine, like, I love this person smile. I thought that was so cute. Yeah. So, all for one is still going like, look, I'm still going to do this. Going to go over to my other self. Why is, God damn it. Why is this not working? Why has everything been fucked up? And we get this big, long, like, montage of, like, all the little moments that have led up to this of him getting constantly thwarted by person after person after person after person. Hey, look, it's Jiro! I was going to say, Nick, you have now evidence factual evidence that Jiro was essential to winning this war. Jiro, all, all for one's greatest enemy. Bookmark it. I don't have that for Gang Orca. That that motherfucker's <laughs> dead, probably. <laughs> Your character, though, was integral to winning, so that's that's an awesome thing. Uh, and then this all leads also, up to Bakugo. Also, I did have to pause, because I was looking through, I was like, what did Mineta do? <laughs> like, I was saying... I don't- I really like, recall he just kind of was a he was kind of an annoyance all for one very briefly okay when, that's like, that's i truly did not remember him in this arc uh it was like when um i think it was tokoyami was down and out and he was like threatening to take his shadow i think mm. and you know it was like no don't okay like, there I we go if he did anything but it was that's that's all you know, he needs to do it was a drop of the bucket. It was, yeah. you know, one of the one of the things that built up for him. Okay, there we uh, go. And capping all of this off, Bakugo shouts, I'm the final boss. <laughs> it's like, oh, this whole time I thought that the final boss was referring to, you know, the villains. Like, no, it's Buck. <laughs> no. Bakugo's like, I'm the big bad bitch. <laughs> and uh he has catapulted himself over to all all for one has the gauntleted hand touching All for One's face. Well, All for One's like, the wind was meant to blow my way. And then boom. <laughs> it is extremely satisfying. Like, shut the fuck up, loser moment. Uh, yeah, uh, he says he's going to kill All for One. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's super cool. I love the visual of it, that it's like he shoots it from the side, grabs All for One on the head. And then there's just this huge explosion as you can see it be like shoof, like launched into the ground. It's very, very cool. Yeah, it's uh it's nice to see the good guys on top and God, hopefully all for one just loses now. <laughs> that happened, I, I'm sure there's going to be some measure of back and forth. Honestly, I would not even be shocked if they continue to bounce back and forth between like this and Deku's fight to kind of like keep the suspense going to like try to defeat these two figures around the same time or something similar to that degree. Um, but I, I, I think this was an extremely cool chapter. Like, holy shit, every like cool moment in this worked. And I, I loved how Bakugo felt in this chapter. He just felt like a cool, inspiring hero. I love his little childlike smile, getting a gift from his mentor. 
in such a big moment. It's just all very, very, very cool. Everything does seem as though it is leading up to this is Bakugo like taking like center stage uh-huh. as like the a if not the top hero of the next generation because the entire world is watching this happen as he does all this cool stuff in a row it it also plays into the fact that like a lot of heroes are getting fucked up by this war so like there's just going to be a new generation required or something like that yeah everyone retires at 25 or something (laughs) like this Uh, Undead Unluck! Nick, let's talk about Undead Unluck. This is number 181. One minute! So we start with a little bit of sort of, not a flashback, but just a couple seconds before last chapter ends, where Fuku sees Andy for the first time, and we see a bit of her thoughts. And she's like, you know, from 1800 until 2015, right now, we have never once caught Andy in the Union's dragnet. And I always had this strange feeling like he just wasn't in this world and maybe that maybe that feeling is right, because Andy is maybe somewhere he can't be found, and his main mm. body can't get out of there. And despite his circumstances, Andy has given us this minute to use him. So we 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 get to the moment we had last time, where uh, Fuko's like, "I'm going to handle this operation. You go handle the meteor, or you go handle sick." So Andy's like, all right, cool. One minute's enough. Starts fighting with Sick. Uh, Sick starts stabbing him in the face just over and over again, filling him full of diseases. And Andy's like, hey, you know that yeah. illness is uh, ain't uncurable? Like, they eventually just go away. I'm, I'm undead, bitch. <laughs> uh, and he shoots his hands at him. And I do like it. Sick, like, both of his arms go past the different sides of Sick. And Sick is like, nice moves, loser. Oh, no. And instead, Andy has grabbed Chikara's uh, face to force on move. And he's like, oh, Six, like, I'm not worried about this. I already know about this technique. I'm just going to rip off all my skin. But in that moment, Andy's already above. Now you hold th- hold on there and let me do that. Yeah. Andy's like, nah, sorry, dog. <laughs> just starts kicking his face into the ground. And he calls out to you, side. It's like, use on draw. Uh, Shin, give me one of your pauldrons. Gina, uh, create, uh, uh, like, put on change on the ground and make it match the shape of the pauldron, basically. And uh, everyone just starts acting. Like, you is like, how do you know my name? <laughs> uh, but everyone does it. So there's a unbreakable shield above uh, Sick, who is undrawn, so he can't pull himself out of the ground. And then on change is around him. And Andy's like, all right, not enough time to search for the core, so I'm just going to crush all of you at once. And he does his big uh, dead road attack and just starts launching like a geyser of blood. And uh, what remains of sick is just being crushed beneath everything that he can't escape. It Um, is truly gross as fuck. (laughs) It is horrifying. I do love his like his like no time. Just (laughs) I'm just going to crush all of you at once, basically. Uh, And we do see that. Uh, the the core inside of Sick is looking to be crushed. Like you can see it, like starting to crack and break, and all these things. Like it's going to be destroyed in this moment. Gina's watching on. She's like, "Oh wow, he instantly coordinated all of our abilities. He's really amazing, isn't he?" Uh, and looks over and she sees Fuku is just passionately working. And she kind of, I think, in that moment, like she looks and she's a little confused, and then she looks over and she has a little bit of like kind of an expression that's strange on her face i think it's her moment of realizing just how much stress there is on fuko in this moment yeah. like starting to process the emotion like oh you really care about this guy but you recognize everything that's happening suddenly though all these cracks start appearing and they realize 
It's Move. We cut over to the round table where Move is sitting at the first chair. He's just got a soda. He's got his popcorn. He's just having a good time. And he's just like, boring. <laughs> uh, Apocalypse is like, why are you interfering in the sacred quest? Are you going to let this guy escape? And I love uh, Move's explanation. He's like, Undead is boring. I want to see negators like fighting like with one life to live, clashing in the best possible way. And then I'll never happen with undead. He's too meta against Six's powers. He's, this is bullshit. He's broken. This sucks. So uh, now we know why he's a he's a uh, D twenty is because he's a massive balancing nerd. Yeah, he's he's like uh, rules as written says you shouldn't be able to do that. We have to keep the balance fair, otherwise uh, you're just going to use smite every turn, and that's not fun. <laughs> uh, so Fuko has finished the surgery. She's got about twenty seconds left. She's like, okay, can you guys still act? We're going to need your your attack basically again. Calls out to Andy. The two of them run towards each other. They don't say anything. They just know what's going on. Yeah, they give the high five. Uh, Chica's like, or not Chica, Ichigo, right? Ichigo. 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 Uh, Ichigo's like, oh my God, she touched him. This is really, really bad. And he goes like, no, I mean, if he's undead, he should be fine. But like, I can't imagine that little bit of contact being enough to stop a meteorite. Andy's body is fading away, and he's like, all right, time's up, right? Well, Rip, Latla, hit me with what you have. Uh, I do like Latla's like, eek, the severed head is talking to us. Um, and Rip's like, let's hit it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they go to kick the head. I love it. Andy's like, oh, hey, but sorry to intrude on everything. By the way, welcome to you. Like, <laughs> fucking soccer ball launches head into the sky. And then... The unluck stroke height uh, hits. The meteor is coming. Andy's in front of it. And the common intercepts. And presumably, I guess the two just collide with each other. We don't get to see, like, the aftermath of it. Uh, but uh, a lot of things happened here that are pretty crazy. <laughs> um, everyone's also, like... Also, this is wicked sick, yes. according to Andy. So, yes. yes. Very yes, wicked sick. Uh Everyone's reacting. This is really great. Uh, Rip starts saying like, "Oh gosh, everyone's everyone's okay now. We better start tr- uh, fixing everybody." Oh, oh wait, no, I'm I'm on, I'm on repair. I can't do that. <laughs> I'm gonna give this to everybody else. Basically, yep. Um, we have a little moment of Latla going over to Layla and being like, "You know, he's a heck of a man. That Prince Charming of yours." Uh, but Fuko seizes this opportunity. She leaps into the hole that Sick was in, and she's like, "Hey, there is no longer any part in this world." There's no longer any spot in this world that our investigation can't locate. So if there were something, it would have to be on the flip side of this world. And she goes to the crack created by Move, and she says, that has to be the place where Sick retreated to. There's no telling when this gate might open next. Andy has given us a chance. I won't let it pass me by. And we see a union table with 10 members signifying the 10 master rule umas we even confirmed sick is in the 10th spot as we know him mm-hmm. so he's still in two halves which yes. is great so it's like yep that's he's presumably just gonna be that way yep. <laughs> he's been unrepaired sliced in half so so there we have it nick the 10 master rules looks like we're gonna get a glimpse of them this chapter you can see a little bit of their, their yeah, designs yeah. so i like how 
immediately you can tell that they're very distinct from each other like uh the one at the four spot is seems to be smaller than the others number three has like dna helixes coming uh-huh. off their hair which gives you a clue into their their ability number two looks like a religious kind of person maybe yeah and then number seven looks like a dapper gent yeah uh, it <laughs> looks like he's having a fancy little time uh, looks like maybe Seal is in there. Who knows? There's a lot of different cool designs, and I assume we're going to get a much like closer look at these characters next week. But I've I've seen a lot of people have fun theorizing what each member oh, might yeah, be. Yeah. I um, do like how immediately obvious it seems like number what number three is. Though. <laughs> oh, DNA helixes. Order what that could be. <laughs> could be anything. <laughs> like on the rule of uh, hunger. <laughs> They're like, huh? Mm-hmm. Your design huh. really isn't match up with the rest yeah. of you. Like, yeah. Okay. What are you gonna do? Uh, yeah, this is a fun chapter. Uh, it was nice that you know, yeah, Andy's the ace in the hole, and I like that we were given the non-finish as well. Because like, yeah, look, we were just introducing this concept of you know our our Akatsuki group, so let's not kill one of them off immediately. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because like I knew when we were introduced to ten master rules, like obviously it was gonna take time, but this does feel like a moment where I'm like, damn, this series can run for like another two years. <laughs> Good. Like I, it, it always felt like undead and luck was crawling towards the end, and this is like a moment where I'm like, hey, maybe not. Maybe, maybe the series mm. runs a little longer than I thought. Well, maybe that. I don't know. Maybe the news, the anime and stuff, kind of like made maybe altered up the shot in the arm. But so, yeah. yeah, but who knows? Yeah, good stuff though. Yes, let's talk about blah 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 blue box. Blue box. It's chapter number one two three difference between grades uh, Taiki is having his match with Haruto who still thinks that Taiki is in the same year as him this, this has been established uh, but Haruto reflects on uh, his past specifically his past with his brother and uh, we see that you know while he was in junior high he and uh, the older Yusa were getting to practice alongside Yoda who was someone that, that Haruto kind of you know admired and respected and stuff his reputation was was very well known uh but uh they come across yoda while while harto's kind of talking about that and he's of course like really casual with him and he's like oh yeah this guy's a fan of yours doesn't even introduce him as his younger brother just says this guy (laughs) (laughs) that's the ultimate Um, way to fucking uh disrespect your brother too is to like just embarrass him like this like oh this guy's one of your fans like I'm yeah. your family. Don't introduce me as one of his fa- as one of your fans. I'm, I'm going to compete in the same leagues as him. Then again, uh, it's been established that Haruto does not like being referred to as Yusa's younger brother. So maybe Yusa is actually just respecting that. It uh, is, yeah. Because yeah. when Hyoto identifies him that way, he's like, I don't know, he doesn't like being called that. But uh, hey, Hyoto ends the conversation on a nice bit, which is like, oh, I hope we get to play against each other soon. So that's nice. Uh, some of the other club members say like oh yeah so when when shuji the elder yusa first joined hyodo was a third year in junior high everyone was talking about how shuji took a game from him and uh harto's like oh i didn't i didn't know about that oh yeah it did people couldn't believe that this awesome player had just joined uh and harto's thoughts on this are that shuji's just always been one year ahead of him he's always had that head start on him and he's never been able to catch up uh and of course on top of that he's really 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 good it's not just that he's older uh and harto doesn't 
you know, think that the fact that they are separated by a grade should really matter. He just wants to surpass him. Uh, but as he's continuing to try and surpass his brother, Shuji, you know, keeps on racking up these accomplishments, winning tournaments and stuff. And Harv is just like, I don't want to lose against him. Uh, and every time that he would accomplish anything, of course, it would be compared to his older brother. So that's fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they do say the they, you know people are also saying like oh they're both so good it must be in the genes and stuff, uh, not in Hyodo's case though, <laughs> which now we know of course that Hyodo has you know siblings or at least one sibling so, ow, but they say like oh hey if you think that the two of them were in, if the two two of them were in the same grade, this is asked of Hyodo, who do you think would be stronger? And Hyodos just says, I'm not really into what ifs. And they're like, okay, well then, which of them would you rather not be in your grade? As in, which of them would you prefer, would you hate to have to deal with because you're they're your peer? Yeah. And he says, uh, Shuji, probably. Uh, and Harto overhears this, of course. And so once again, he's negatively compared to his brother. And this time, it's from the guy he idolized this whole time yeah and they're always saying like look he's really strong but he's but you know like use is just amazing and so haruto walks away from this overhearing this being like oh really <laughs> yeah i kind of thought i wanted people to see me as better than shuji but maybe i just can't get any higher as long as i'm here the only person who can judge me properly is me it's a good way to live your uh, life uh, and then he heard that Yusa lost a match against Aimei. So Harutos went, huh, so if the guy who beat him is here, I can get better than Shuji. Uh, he's like, look, you know, he's, he's thinking about this during his match with Taiki. Like, look, I wanted to tear apart Yusa for always being ahead of me with that smug look on his face, and I wanted to tear apart myself for growing used to being in his shadow. And uh, he starts throwing some tricky shots at Taiki, but, you know, Taiki is very doggedly going after everything while everyone is watching. And Haru is also watching the match closely. Uh, and Taiki's built up all these great reflexes. He's got, he's got uh, great leg work now as well. So he can return all these tricky shots. Uh, and Haruto goes for, you know, to lob it over him. Now that he's approached the net. And Taiki leaps up and hits a volley overhead and does it that as well. And as the match is proceeding, Haruto's like, you know, I've been so eager to take down Shuji. But once I stepped outside, I realized there are still a ton of people I have to beat. And... Taiki manages to lay down this shot right at the net and smash a point off of it. And uh, he wins the game off of that. We don't see what the exact score was, but it seems as though Taiki won kind of handily. Mm -hmm. uh, so they establish that and they, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, thanks for the good game. And, and Haruto goes, I'm not satisfied. Run it back. <laughs> Yeah, let's have another match. <laughs> and, and passing by, Nishida's like, "Oh yeah, your big bro said the exact same thing." And he's like, "What are you talking about? Wait, 
what, what are you talking about? What, what do you mean? And Ishii is like, oh, yeah. Well, last year during the match we had against Sajikawa, Yusa said the same thing when he lost to Taiki. Wait, you're the guy who beat my brother? <laughs> uh, like his little faces. He's like, process it. He's like, you beat my brother? Wait. Wait. You're a second year? You're a second year. <laughs> yes! <laughs> and so he, he immediately bows and says, like, I'm sorry for my rudeness. Uh, but uh, Taika's like, yeah, it's all right. I kind of have always wished that the difference between grace didn't exist. And hey, there's something that, you know, Yusa knows he can relate to him on. And so he's like, all right, yeah, okay. Well, first off, I got to start. By beating you, Taiki Senpai. Oh, he called Taiki Senpai. Isn't that nice? Uh, and uh, he goes off. He immediately challenges someone else to a match. Taiki looks over to sell where in the gym, spots Chinatsu, and then he's just thinks to himself, ah, she's a nourishing, re- fatigue-relieving tonic. <laughs> I'm glad you love your girlfriend, yeah, Taiki. It's, like, it's very <laughs> cute. You care about her a lot. All right. Hey, sports. <laughs> I still don't know how Batminton is played based off this series, but I do think it was a fun little adventure to get to read and watch and be like, ooh, you know, what's happening back and forth? Thank he's cool. Like, hey, all of his hard work has paid off because there was like this super cool rookie that was crushing everybody, but Taiki held his own against him. And it's like, okay. It's nice. Satisfying. I like uh, mm-hmm. Haruto. Uh, he's, he's got like fun character moments to him and his motivation right. makes sense i get why he came to this school then yeah it, it, i do think if like yusa were to be a regular character then it's like he'd be too boring but harto is a lot more expressive he's got a lot more eccentricities uh to him so even yeah. if he's not doing purely badminton stuff he can be entertaining I think. they had two very dry antagonists like rival figures and then they just created uh, duplicates of them that that are like full of personality to actually interact yeah. with the cast. Amazing how much better that works. Yeah. Chainsaw Man. <laughs> Chapter 147. Cremation. Uh, so Nayuta has just explained what the Chainsaw Man Church's actual goals are, which are to prepare the war devil and chainsaw man and to kill death the death devil and uh yeah um that's that she apparently got it in one according to bar bar barum what do you mean barum 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 yeah uh and uh, he's like, all right, yeah, you're right. He's in handcuffs, by the way. He just hasn't been taken off because, you know, a crowd of chainsaw people has surrounded everyone. So the whole police escort thing kind of fell apart. Mm-hmm. So he says, like, all right, uh, yeah, we we need you to start going wild, Chainsaw Man. Uh, not going to leave this choice up to you. So he holds his hands up and says, Chainsaw Man has spoken to me with a revelation. That little girl is a witch. Kill the girl. Kill her. <laughs> <laughs> I love the faces that Denji and Nayuta make. Like, what? Like, what, the, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, but yeah, horde of chainsaw people come after them. Uh, it looks like they're going to be in trouble. It's all right. Crunchy's here. <laughs> it's it's such an interesting decision 
to have like a two page spread where it's not like meant to be like one shot then you turn the page you're like oh there's the result to that one shot it's like these two shots are like in, you know instructively link or anything like that it's just very much like they're in danger they're not <laughs> and you're like okay and she picks up denji and naita in one hand and hitomi in the other and just starts <laughs> running off and jumps off the, the ledge that they're on and her legs are destroyed underneath her from the impact of the fall. And it's like, all oh, right, devil powers <laughs> immediately yeah. regenerates the damage. Also, her pants regenerate too, because that's how that works. Uh-huh. Uh, chainsaw people come after they're her. De- they're devil pants, Nick. Devil pants. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the theme song they do. Devil pants. Uh, She drops... <laughs> It's Omi and Denji gets up to a crouch and just is immediately in the follow through position after having swung her sword through all the chainsaw people around them, cutting them all apart. Body parts flying everywhere. It's so Uh, funny. Quan Chi in this chapter fucking works like a a, a fucking uh, Gary's mod character. (laughs) Like like all the action is so like (laughs) and then like six people get cut in half. You're like Okay, fair enough. Uh, Barum objects to this, referring to her as like a manga character come to life. Or, you know, like a manga character, whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, from their new position... Do you think when they animate this, they're going to be like, an anime character? An anime come character to- come yeah. to Whoa. life. Oh. Uh, from their new position, Denji looks around and sees, you know, massacres happening bodies everywhere stuff on fire weird claws coming out of the ground too yeah i like that guy <laughs> mm. uh and of course the police are reporting there's a he's been a huge mass devil outbreak they are calling on all citizens who have devil extermination training to help with the suppression uh one guy says is it really necessary for us to burn the bodies as they look on bodies that they have bonfired uh and another one says like they have blood. As long as they have blood, these pseudo chainsaw men can revive with one pull of the starter on their chest. So this is the simplest way to get rid of them. All right. So everything's okay. You know they control they controlled uh, all of the attackers. Quanchi uh, has gotten Denji and the others to safety. Uh, and then some guy, some some dude. Just some, I wish that this were the same student from before who did this, but he points at Denji and goes, I know him! He's a chainsaw man wannabe too! Alright, so this is what we're doing now, I guess. It's weird, because I'm like, this is a dramatic move that I can't understand the purpose of because everyone in the devil hunters organization does know that denji is chainsaw man right i guess they don't know that he went to the church maybe maybe i'll just say i think that they did considering that yoshida considering that well maybe not yoshida's got is like tied up in a bunch of different things so maybe he doesn't know about it so he would know about it but maybe the rest of the uh, of the of the agency doesn't know about it yeah, but uh, this was um, not the best chapter of Chainsaw Man. It's weird because it's like an action chapter, but the action wasn't 
very interesting. Um, but it's not bad or anything like that. It's just one mm-hmm. of those ones where I was like, oh, yeah, like I'll, I'll have forgotten about this chapter as we move into the next one. Whereas for the better part of this year, Chainsaw Man's been pretty good at having me be like, what the fuck? Yeah, this seemed very much like a, and then this happened, and now we're here kind of kind of chapter. Yeah. It, it was like, we we had to get from point A to go. point B. Just go, Quanchi, pick up the group and carry the, and fast travel us to the next plot point. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, now, Nick, speaking of women who are very good at killing things in a big city, I think it's time for us to talk about Kaiju number eight. Yeah, chapter ninety six. Ashiro, last time she had her flashback chapter, we were all like, all right, Mina's actually a cool character. She blew up that big kaiju, and we find out, yeah, she blew she, up that big kaiju. That thing's dead, yeah. It killed it. It's It falls on the ground in a big rectangular with a hole in its shape. And everyone's like, wow, wait, yeah, yeah, we've got it. Yeah, she neutralized it. They've got. They've confirmed it. The kaiju is dead. Kaiju number 14 is, is neutralized, and so everyone has this big celebration in the bunker. All the kaiju that have been attacking the city, that's all of them accounted for. And we get this little moment where Kafka gets the news, and we see things, you know, from his perspective again, of mm-hmm. like Mina leaving him behind in order to pursue the path of becoming like a kaiju hunter. And he thinks to himself, like, you really have left me behind. But he's also proud of his friend. Yeah. So, it's nice. Um... And so everyone's like, yeah, we, this is an amazing accomplishment that the everyone has pulled off, neutralizing all these incredibly powerful kaiju all at the same time. And uh, in lieu of talking about uh, Isao's wife, uh, bald, bald, bald guy Isao's friend uh, says, like, your judgment was impeccable. You were right the whole time. Good job. But <gasps> twist. No. Twist. Coming over everyone's radio, a voice says, uh, testing, testing, uh, can you hear me? Uh, hello there, Defense Force, and it's Kaiju number nine. And everyone's like, what the hell? What? Uh, and so they're like, oh, what is he after? Is it? Is he going to target the defense headquarters? Is he coming for Kaiju number eight? Uh, and number nine says, like, I wanted to give this streaming thing a try. And boy, was I surprised. I never thought you would have taken down my masterpieces so quickly. You guys are way stronger than the defense force in Isao's memories. Even so, you performed well within my expectations. I've won this fight. Oh. And he's gotten a camera from, I guess, a dead agent or something. Or he it looks got like a drone. drone from yeah, it looks somewhere. like a drone that he snatched from somewhere. And he says, All that's left is for me to take hold of that power. And end things. That time before and that other time, it destroyed with tremendous force the works I've unleashed. The entity that holds the most disparate and destructive power in the defense force. And he walks off and there is a white Kaiju number 14 behind him that he's walking towards. And they're like, wait, what the hell? What's going on? Kaiju number 14's vitals, they're undetectable, but now its body is giving off internal teleportation energy readings. And as number 9 walks towards the white number 14, it starts to split open, and he says, 
my plan will be realized upon attaining her power. And he walks through and comes out the dead number 14 right in front of Mina and says, now let's start wrapping things up. And that's where we get the title for our next episode, Episode 9, The Last Wave. So, okay. So <laughs> so it is very cool that he's like, ah, oh, yes, all according to Keikaku. Like, you defeated my kaiju, but I expected this, and it's, it's all about the plan that I have. I will be rather frustrated, though, if we spent no time knowing anything about Mina... And then we got a flashback about her mm-hmm. just in enough time mm-hmm. before she got like fridged or captured or whatever or something like something that. Something like that. Turned into a plot hook instead yeah. of a character. Yeah. I am right there with you. If that is the result of this, then I will be mad. <laughs> I'll be big mad. I'll be like, damn, you got me again. How do you keep getting me on this character? I thought I finally was like, no, she's a cool character. Everybody else is wrong. Uh,. I will even be fine if, like, somehow he takes Mina's power and, like, leaves her behind powerless and she gets to do other stuff. Even if that happens, that's fine with me. But don't just be like, and now she's coming off to my castle and needs to be rescued. <laughs> just like, yeah, that, that, that's my worry. So I'm, I'm really hoping that's not going to be the case. Yeah. So... Judgment will be uh, delayed until next chapter, I think, for me. It'd be super cool, though, if next chapter shows up and she just shoots his head right off. <laughs> she, she's Lots like, over. she's like, I actually, I had a couple more sh- uh, rounds in the tank. And he's like, damn. All right, never mind. Not according to Keikaku. <laughs> Keikaku was bad. Keikaku was bad. <laughs> uh, Spy Family, Mission 89. It's a Yuri uh, chapter. Uh, I I know I physically read this chapter. <laughs> I retained nothing from it. There were so many words. There were a lot of words. I'm going to try and just hit the basic points. Yuri has not been doing so well recently. Uh, he gets hit by a truck on his way to work uh, and is told when he gets in, how many times do I have to say this? Stop getting hit by trucks, which is a funny line. Uh-huh. Uh, it turns out he's not been doing so well. He's continued to push himself since, you know, he had that fight, that mission where he, you know, got his ass kicked by Lloyd really, really, really badly. Uh, but uh, they, there is, you know, like continued fallout from it. He's been, they've been having anyone who's got a gunshot wound on their right arm be brought in. Uh, so they ha- bring a guy who's very obviously not Twilight, like he's completely wrong build. And, and I do like that the, the way they put it, which is like, what, well, you're not going to interrogate him. Look, if that guy can disguise himself the way that as the people that we know Twilight disguise himself as, then he's a wizard and we don't want to mess with that. <laughs> so. It's not a bad line. Uh, uh, he then gets really, really tough with the guy. Basically, says like the only reason that torture doesn't work is if they don't do it right. <laughs> so, ew. Uh, he's a ba- he's a bad person here. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, then he goes off. He's got to. Go- he's uh being put on a, a task with a-, a partner this time. Uh, so a girl that he knew in the academy who is a few years older than him, but they were in the same class. And she kind of reminisces about how like, oh yeah, there was this weird kid who came in this 14 year old that showed up at college without even completing high school. 
uh, and you're still that weird, impertinent know-it-all that everyone hated back then. You know, you just like don't know how to get along with people, basically. Uh, they pass by. He happens to spot or smell something. No, yeah, he he detects her from a distance. He detects your outside the car on the sidewalk and needs to and decides to duck down so that he, she doesn't see him. Uh, his fellow agent is like, you're being creepy. She's right. Uh, they get to where the mission's going to be. Uh, Yuri dives in and is like, I'm going to go do it. And she's like, why are you going in head, head, headstrong like that? And, and Yuri dashes in and he calls all of his moves your punch and your kick and stuff because he's weird. Uh, but he's, look, he's been having a hard time of it. He's been beaten down a lot. He got hit by a truck this morning, and so he's he's struggling. He's tired, and he's having having a hard time uh, getting beat up, and he's getting taking shots from these guys as he's beating them up. Until eventually, uh, a guy manages to come at him from behind with a knife, uh, and he's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm going to kill this mysterious your foo master." Yep, but fortunately, uh, Yuri's fellow agent comes in, snatches the guy's knife clocks uh, clocks him with an elbow then immediately whirls around and slaps Yuri across the face and uh, she she's like if I had stayed at the back door like you said that you would have been stabbed to death uh, and Yuri starts to say one little stab wouldn't have killed she slaps him again I like this girl <laughs> and she's like no people die Yuri even you can die you love your sister right if you die then think about how that's going to affect her. Think about how she would feel if her own brother died. You're always talking about, like, I'm doing this to protect your, it's all for your sake, but you're being a self-serving hypocrite, and you're not taking care of this person that who, who clearly loves you back. And you've always been this way. You throw yourself headfirst into things, and it leaves you blind to all the stuff around you because you've got all this tunnel vision. And we've seen a flashback that, like, he got sick studying for a test, and then missed the test and crawled his way back to school while sick to be like, no, let me take the test. So he's like, look, you're really irritating and you're bad. And also your bad mood is contagious. And then she eventually is like, all right, I'm sorry. I think I might've gone a little bit overboard, but look, you do everything. This is in this weird, straightforward way. And, uh, Yuri's like, well, what do I do then if I'm not supposed to do this? And she says, look, you just got to take better care of yourself. You know, your sister did all this stuff to set you up with this life. It's up to you to, you know, live a good life and repay that. You got to show your sister you're capable of protecting yourself. Otherwise, how are you going to be able to protect anyone else? And uh, Yuri thinks about, you know, times when his sister would take care of him when they were kids. And then eventually uh, <laughs> comes to a point where you are told him, I'm sorry for worrying you. From now on, in order to dodge every bee sting and boar charge, I need to get faster. And Yuri's like, get faster. That's it. What I need is evasive speed and blocking skills. I've just been using my resilience as a crutch and neglecting those areas. And his fellow agent's like, that is not the point I was trying to make, but sure, fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. Whatever. <laughs> uh, so Yuri goes and practices evasive techniques. Yor happens to come in and visit him, sees that he's gotten himself hurt again. 
uh, she says like, oh, I brought some home cooking for to apologize for, you know, when I was like, I kicked you out last time, even though you were hurt. And he's really touched by this. He starts dying. And it's like, oh, it's so good. Oh, this, this is a, especially the fish. And yours like, oh, actually, Lloyd made that fish for you. And he immediately spits it out and hates it. Yep. Uh, but then uh, Yuri starts to have thoughts on like, wait a second. If what if what if I came with a reason? to have Lloyd arrested. That would be great. Would that be something that would make her sad? Nah, I can't imagine she'd be sad about that. Hey, Yor, do you still hate Lloyd for, for like you were before? No, that was a misunderstanding. So do you love him? Uh, You don't, which means you hate him. So it was very nice of Yuri to get this little this little brush by with the, with an attempted character expansion and, and and character writing and stuff and then just be like nope run away from that <laughs> uh yeah i mean maybe at some point we'll get a little arc and we get a little, a little bit more detail with them but it, this one was kind of like yeah character development quote unquote like i i no, understand I, i'm about to learn a lesson can't have that <laughs> now nick we want to talk about a series with consequences. We had to talk uh, about Zero, Chapter 262, just one more time. I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> don't. So, of course, Nick, everyone's most popular character in Eaton Zero, Lightning Law, has just infected, uh, apparently, a lethal attack against Shiki, stabbed him right through the chest. Um, this is like one of those this is like one of those Wolverine moments where it's like, wow, you suffered lethal damage immediately. It's a good thing you can't die. Yeah. <laughs> uh so Shiki goes down, there's a light in this tunnel, and it's Rebecca. She shows up and crashes into law. Uh the scale is wrong or weird. Like it's very confusing. It's a tiny ship. It's, <laughs> it's like or, or it's like she's riding huge. around in a. It's like she's rising, riding around in like a, one of those like power wheels vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lightning Law, a very cool character. What thinks rules? Uh, <laughs> blows up the ship immediately, and Rebecca falls. She's like Shiki, Shiki. She goes over. She's like, "Oh my god, tell me this isn't happening." And uh, she's like, "I have to turn back time." Shiki is dying. She's just like, I, I gotta turn back time even a few minutes, but she's like, no, I can't control time in this world. And some of the best writing I've ever seen, she goes, but I can't control time in this world. Realization. Who says I can't control time? <laughs> I think mom was only guessing about that. Uh, there is, this would have been so easy to turn into an actually dramatic moment. <laughs> there's, there's, there's... Shiki is dead! How is this not dramatic? <laughs> there is certainly absolutely a way to do this. They didn't, that, that would have been good. They did not do that. Rebecca goes, uh, I might be able to not jump over to other universes, but I can still use the, the cat leaper power that lets me rewind. So please, she activates, but she's like, no, I know it's not going to activate. And of course, Nick, <laughs> she says, oh, Right! I have to be naked. <laughs> There's. I just, broke, we, I just broke my glasses. Oh no! <laughs> That's the second biggest tragedy to happen. Of course, the first being Cheeky being killed by the most popular character in Zero Lightning <laughs> Law. 
Uh, guy who everyone likes. Everyone thinks this guy is super cool. He's actually the most popular character in manga called Law. Actually, I didn't know if you That's know this. Right. <laughs> they want to. They wanted to make sure everyone knows. Like, there's two laws in manga. If someone's like, oh, "I'm a big fan of Law," you have to be like, "Who? Tra- Trafalgar Law or Lightning Law?" <laughs> it's like. There's a little insert in the chapter that just says, by the way, <laughs> I, by the way, way cooler than this guy. I would love the idea of someone being like, I'm a huge fan of law. I'd be like, lightning law. Lightning law. <laughs> anyway. Let me tell you guys. I'm going to name my website law because then everyone's going to think. <laughs> Oh, Law? You mean like that popular website? <laughs> Everyone's like, I'm number one Law fan. Everyone's like, Trafalgar Law? No, Lightning Law. Anyway, Rebecca takes off all of her clothes in a moment of absolutely no emotion. Hugs Shiki and shouts, please, one more time, let me use the cat leap power. A scene that is neither romantic, sexy, uh, dramatic, or satisfying. I truly don't understand why she took her clothes off. Uh, she manages to activate her cat leaper powers once again. Goes back in time, but it's that dangerous thing, Nikki. There's like a little bit of a crack across her face. She's like, I have to hurry. It hurts. So I got to save Shiki. Uh, we cut back a couple seconds before where Shiki's like, no, these robots, how could you? Uh, and Lightning Law's like, time to sneak in and do my little zoosh douche. Uh, Rebecca's faster this time, I guess. I don't know. Uh, they didn't establish what was like the holdup that got her here before. So I guess this time she's like, I just beeline or something. Uh, she shoots uh, Lightning Law a couple times and grabs Shiki. And she's like, come on, we're going further in. And uh, Lightning Law is like, I'm going to zap you, everyone's favorite character. But he stopped because another ship enters and Laguna comes out and kicks him. And Rebecca's like, yeah, I called Laguna. Laguna's going to take care of things here. And Shiki's like, no, this is my opponent. He can't do this by laying, like, treating his crew like this. And Lugan is like, don't you mean he's our enemy? Uh, it's a very cool line. Uh, but all the robots, <laughs> so all the robots have gathered around Laguna and they're going to kill him. And Lightning Law's like, you're going to get killed by robots. And uh, they're, they're all paused. And he's like, what's wrong? Why won't they move? And Laguna's like, haven't you noticed? <laughs> Every one of them is crying, saying, I don't want to move. <laughs> and they all turn to water. Because <laughs> I guess they cried. I guess his power was more like a metaphorical crying. <laughs> it seems to me, which is ridiculous, because he made people cry with, like, fucking garlic and stuff before. <laughs> so it was very much literal literally literal tears like, now it's like you know if you just feel like hard you to could, cry, yeah, if, yeah, if your soul would be crying uh, and, and we end the chapter with Laguna saying that Shiki's fury is now oh sorry 
no, 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 that's not the end of chapter, Quinn. Don't you fucking lie and say that such a high note is what we end this chapter on. I was almost such a fool who said that was the end of the chapter. Uh, he, Laguna says Shiki's Fury is not my Fury. But of course, Nick, it is time for our uh, weekly one-page continuation of the flashback, which is uh, Hermit and Killer talking to Valkyrie who is apparently a doctor <laughs> in a, a fact never established about this yeah. character, I think. it was point. The only thing we knew about her before was that she surfed. Yeah, I was like, she was a surfer before, wasn't she? Like, she could be both, but I thought they would have, like, given more details about her. Uh, Wait, it's a great idea that we're getting this this story one page at a time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she, uh, she's like, yeah, I'm a doctor. Uh, they're like, we've read all of your theories, uh, and Hermit's crying, and she's like, you don't understand, Doctor. The planet is crying. You have to help us. God. This chapter, look, even if individually you were to say, say like, oh, well, the, the Laguna fighting lightning law, oh, that's cool. Even if you were to say, oh, that's that's good. Even if you were to say, oh, Rebecca dramatically getting butt-ass naked in order to bring Shiki back from the dead by awakening a power that she wasn't sure she could access before till she got them titties out. Even if you say that was all good independently, the way that these are structured, the way it's laid out, this is like starting off with the Undertaker and Shawn Michaels are having their final match against each other, and then oh, well, we've still got two hours of show left, but everyone stick around because Austin Theory is challenging Rey Mysterio for the United States Championship. And then, oh, that was the main event, but the show's still not over yet. We're going to cut backstage to where Adam Pierce and Nick Aldis are, are talking. And they say, Karrion Cross and Top Dollar are going to have match three of their best of seven series tomorrow night on Raw. Like, that is the, the the level of declining that we have in terms of starting off strong and ending on this. It's, this is stupid. Yes. Uh, so there's so much confusion in this chapter. Like, there's a concept that's, like, interesting here of Rebecca being faced with something, something great, positive, not happening in Universe Zero, and her being like, oh my god, I have to undo this with my powers. And, like, we joke about it, but, like, the writing is very bad of her being like, I can't use my powers. Wait, who says I can't use my powers? I can use yeah. my powers. I'm like, going through the turmoil of her trying to use it, feeling like she's failing, yes. and then, like, managing to overcome it. It's still stupid that the reason she can overcome it is because she has to get nude. It's just a yes. dumb, weird detail. It's not sexy. It's just stupid. Like... At least I can't hear with all these clothes on or whatever. It was just like a concept of some kind. Uh, whereas this is is just nonsense, essentially. Uh, but the thing that really like, I don't know why it bothers me so much, but uh, Lightning Law, who is such, uh, he's the coolest character. Everyone loves him. Uh, stabs Shiki through the chest and they're like, he's dead. And I'm like, you have, you have a magic spaceship doctor hospital. I do, I'm like, I don't, this doesn't qualify as like Shiki's dead to me. Like nothing sold the moment because we had to move through like three beats so quickly. Like this, this chapter should have ended with Rebecca 
It sort of started with Rebecca establishing why she's too late to get there. What caused her to not be there are to, to protect Shiki the last time? It could be anything. You could you could just say like uh, there were spaceships that got in front of her or something. There 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 was a door that was a push door instead of a pull door. Yeah, and, and she she it, struggled a little bit it can, to, to it, navigate the door. It could be legitimately anything. Uh, but you establish that, and then she gets to Shiki midpoint of the chapter, big dramatic, end the chapter with her going back in time. Next chapter can be her going to save Shiki, and then coming in, and then Laguna can take over. And you like you give both moments a chance to breathe and feel like they're something, whereas here, uh, they both just suck. So, uh, not good pretty unsatisfying uh the end page flashback has always been awful but lightning law at least has been the coolest character ever established in the in the media everyone loves, of the <laughs> everyone loves <laughs> i only made fun of this because i had to look up this character's name at the start like nick was i was like hold on nick i had to look up what this character and i was like what's his name is. i was like is his name lightning lad and you were like <laughs> oh, really oh like you're very close <laughs> you actually were right on the money uh, thank you, by the way, to Wakamechi, who gave uh, gifts in yeah. our Discord channel. That is extremely that nice. cool. Thank you. Uh, but, uh, Batch, hopefully you are enjoying our nonsense about uh, <laughs> this Eden Zero chapter, which was not very good. I hope so. Uh, all right. Let's. Okay. Yeah. yeah Find a way to tell. read without glasses. So, uh, all right. Cypher Academy. It's chapter 46. The desire to kill comes from talking, but that's better than talking. Uh-huh. That's a disturbing <laughs> thought. Uh, Dekiai, the, the AI that is, you know, running or, you know, I guess supervising the VR academy that everyone is progressing through, uh, gets some kind of alert. Uh, as someone has illegally accessed the Cypher Academy metaverse. Uh, we cut away from there to see that uh, Iroha's group uh, is doing like a rock climbing puzzle thing. Uh, and uh, we cut, but we cut away from there immediately to see that the monitoring group is, you know, looking over some stuff. And uh, Kagoe says, wait, that's strange. If she's been moving that fast, why hasn't she encountered anyone? Referring to... Uh, Namo Nakigara, a uh, member of Class 1F, the interrogation group with the, you know, the sack masks. Uh-huh. And uh, so she's go- wandering around this this flower maze and she's thinking about like, oh, maybe this is like a message that will happen when it's like when like the flowers bloom or maybe it involves flower language or something like that. Uh, either way, I'll just keep myself uh, to the shortcuts. But then all of a sudden, Dekiai appears in patrol mode. And patrol mode means that her hands have become scissor blades. Uh, and she attacks uh, Nakigara and slices through her mask and her other mask. Because <laughs> it turns out this was actually anonymity son in disguise, also wearing her uh, her glasses weapon, yes. which disguises her presence. Uh, also, she cut through the label that establishes her as Nakigara, which is a fun touch. Yes. Nice. So, yeah, anonymity requested, turns out, did go into the metaverse. 
Don't know why she said she wasn't and then did, but I, I, that, I, that's not I, out of character. So. Yeah, she, she's she's absolutely chaotic, neutral character. Uh, I uh, <laughs> am always fond of the fact uh, that we have to say weird things like, I don't know why they're in the metaverse right now. <laughs> Where, wh- when are they going to get their crypto? Literally. Uh, Nohime suggests that Anonymity request to disguise herself as a Class F student because she made some sort of backdoor deal with them when she was captured during the trilemma. Maybe. Uh, but uh, Kagoi says, like, yeah, well, you know, being a genius and all, I made preparation in case something like this happened. But before Dekiai can uh, kill Anonymity requested, Yosemura shows up and is like, oh, hold on, hold on. I'll, I'll vouch for her. Uh, and everyone's like, what's she doing here? And we get a flashback at, to Kagoe ha- having gone to talk to Yosemura. And uh, she says, oh, you rejected your husband fight, right? That's perfect for me because, look, here I made uh, you know additional glasses for you using my own pocket money and a loan that has nothing to do with cake attack planning and nothing to do with the Nohime family. So this time... I hope you'll accept them, because those are the reasons you rejected it before. Uh, but Yosemura just said, like, look, I'm going to be busy over summer break. I, I got to go visit my big brother's grave. And Kogoe pauses and then responds. I salvaged Gokaku Yosemura's bones. Ew. What a fucking <laughs> metal statement to say. Like... I was like, this character who I continuously just think is somebody else, like I'm always forgetting who she is and that she's supposed to be important, uh, has like, what a moment of like, you know, like, oh, I have uh, a big brother or something like that. I got I to visit his grave. And then her being like, I have his bones. <laughs> I have his bones. <laughs> Don't you want his bones? I've got them. She says that she also got them. And I quote, from the unsinkable air graveyard. What the fuck does that mean? I, I'm, there's so many weird things that Cypher Academy says that I just sit here and I'm like, they pro- they might not ever follow up on this. This might just be a one-time little detail that there's an unsinkable air graveyard. Yeah. So she says, you know, it's a memento that would mean nothing in my hands, but I wouldn't mind making an exception and giving the bones to you. And USI Mora suns her. <laughs> <laughs> bends down, puts her hand on Kogoe's head and says this is a problem I've never really gotten angry before, so I don't know how to hold back <laughs> that's a fucking cold line that's pretty metal, just like I don't think I've ever been angry before, so this seems really bad for you <laughs> uh, but then she just kind of like older siblings go in and says instead and says you know there's a right way to ask people to do things isn't there and Kagoe flinches and she gets like legitimately worried looking and she says I'm worried about it Rohan Kyora-san I want you to support them please aww but why does she want to see you to support them is it because she wants all the morgue probably yeah. uh so Yosemura accepts the glasses and she says, I'll accept this secret mission on behalf of your twisted friendship. I also have a friend I can't ignore. And this line from the past is put with Yosemura helping anonymity up in the present. So 
kind of uh, starting to establish more of a bond between the two of them after they really we've really only seen them like interact inside that one poker tournament yeah so uh sorry something just distracting is happening uh <laughs> is, is it him <laughs> a little bit <laughs> what are you talking about he's laying down what a perfect cat so anyway usi Mora, like tries to vouch on anonymity's behalf says like look she clearly would have started from like the hundredth floor without doing anything illegal i vouch for her so why wouldn't it be a waste to ban her without listening to her so dekiai considers this for a second she says okay but during the tournament she only managed to take the champion make it to the championship because of her anything goes mindset right so to make sure she's actually really leading private level or not i need to ask her some questions for example can she solve the final code of this floor that's been set up in that flower bed over there? It's the last question you're supposed to solve after finding all the hints scattered around the floor. But if you can solve it without, while taking a shortcut, then I'll accept the fact that you're just that talented. And so, you know, Samara just kind of like quietly looks over at anonymity, gives the floor to her. And she says like, yeah, you know, from afar, uh, it's kind of hard to figure it out because everything's in green. But there's two different types of leaves on the plants. You said flower bed, so the message should pop up when the flowers bloom. So wouldn't that be based on munjado type of art? Uh, so Dekia is like, yep, that's right. So <laughs> lets her go uh, and says, okay, you know, uh, if if you break the rules again, I will kill you, and uh, <laughs> that will hurt you in the in, in reality. So be careful. Uh, Anonymity, when she's gone, says, like, you know, you didn't have to do that to Yosai Mura. Uh, and, and she's like, oh, and sorry for being such a jerk when we were playing leaky poker and everything. But Yosai Mura says, I've been taking shortcuts, too. No matter what sort of backdoor deal you've made, I'll help. It'll help to have a friend in Class F due to how enigmatic they are. And so they head off together and they're like, yeah, the best way for us to help everyone out is just going to be to clear this thing. And uh, they head off together. They get this big two-page spread where they're posing while walking downstairs, which seems dangerous. Uh, uh, <laughs> now, Nick, we should all be doing this more often. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, they're referred to as Team Hope and Fortress, which is a pun on both of their names. Uh, but uh, anyway, we got we got other stuff to do because uh, Iroha's group has just come across Another duo of people from the Mahjong parlor floor. Forced encounter mission, Marshall Mahjong. Uh, so presumably there's going to be some sort of a Mahjong puzzle yeah. thing that's going to happen. Some, some, that, some uh, kind of tag team Mahjong match. Yeah, I believe that one of these is from Class 1A, but it's... Yeah, I think, I, I, think, I think it's uh, the girl at the back is a member I of the class. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, doing a bunch of stuff in Cypher Academy, and uh, this was kind of nice to see, you know, more character focus on some people yeah. who are, you know, important, but not that we've really gotten to know a whole lot of uh, to this point. It's a bummer in one way, because I'm like, oh, with all these other, like, because basically every character we've had with any kind of level of, like, established character development decided to join this mission basically so like yeah. uh, she's there anonymity is there like it's like oh all these characters it takes away from the fact that i was like kind of excited to really get to know other characters a little bit more but i guess we yeah. have gotten uh, snapshots of them so 
you know, I'm not like completely thrown away by it, but it, it does feel like fucking everyone is showing up inside of this game. Yeah. All right. <sighs> Kagurabachi. Kagurabachi. Seven. Uh, so last time, uh, uh, Jihiro uh, learned that there are people who are uh, coming in for Char because she's from sort of clan that's got like special blood or something. Uh, he killed two of the sorcerers that were coming after them and is now like just carrying her uh, down the streets because their car has been ruined. Uh, immediately is beset upon by more sorcerers in an alleyway, including one who's got like an Oni mask uh, and uh, him and some other guys start to come after Jihiro. He starts to draw his sword. But some dude uh, stops him and uh, says, I'll put that away. And then he clocks the guy whose face we don't ever really get a chance to actually see in the head uh, with a big old kick. Uh, and um, that happens. Uh, the masked sorcerer guy's like, he didn't use sorcery to do that. He just kicked him really fast in the head. And then um, the guy... Uh, goes after uh, a, a, a different guy and he uh, reaches for him and does something. Yeah, he's like, no, let's, we don't need to draw the sword. He does something. He uh -huh. reaches for him and then, then, then the thing happens. Uh, and then masked guy sees that he's got a badge uh, and we see that, oh, 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 he, he like ripped the guy's thing out because he's holding a bleeding thing <laughs> it, um, it, it is a little difficult to establish everything that's going on but Nick this is probably the next Jutsu Kaisen so please treat this with some respect or maybe he didn't <laughs> rip a thing out maybe he summoned a thing a, th a thing and uh, he he hits the guy with the thing and uh, uh, the other sorcerer Meanwhile, did a thing, but he caught the thing with his with his with his fingers. So, a thing that we couldn't see happened, while another thing we couldn't see was happening. Uh, but the mask guy realizes, well, he's taking out two question mark of the other guys that were with me. Uh, so he's like, "I'm out," uh, because he realizes that this guy is uh, a member of an organization that is big trouble. Apparently, a high-ranking member of it, a member of the nation of domination. Uh, yeah. So, so he runs off, just teleports away, and then the guy turns to Chihiro and says, "Oh, long time no see." And Chihiro identifies him as Mister Azami. And they apparently know each other from a while back. And Char's like, "Who is that, Mister Azami?" He just said so. Keep up, kid. Come on, you got. <laughs> if you're gonna, if you gotta know what's going on in Kagurabachi, you gotta be fast on the money. Yeah, <laughs> like me. This I series goes a mile a minute. Right what are you talking about? I, yeah, keep up. You gotta know everything that's going on, like I do. I know what's going on. You gotta hit the Kagorabachi wiki. The the current <laughs> that, cur that exists. Cur <laughs> it can't. Not yet. That what would you put it? It in? exists. Kagor. Hold on. How do I spell it? <laughs> it's right there on the page we're looking at. <laughs> uh, whoa! There is one. I bet it's not full though. Probably not. So. Uh Whoa! There's like effects when you hover over characters' portraits. This is awesome. Whoa, Nick! Did you know our main character's name is Chihiro Rokuhira? 
I, I knew his name was Chihiro, but uh, the last name's news to me. In- yes. Interesting. Interesting. Do you know after the death of his father, Chihiro dedicated his life to retrieving his father's stolen enchanted blades and hunt- hunting down the Hishaku, a group of sorcerers responsible for his father's death? Uh, yes, I did catch all oh. that. Oh! Yes, that was. Interesting, huh? Uh, you know a bit uh, more than I do. Look up if there's a if there are character articles for these two nameless guys that a zombie kills. <laughs> I'm gonna, uh, I don't want to click male characters. We don't know their their preferred gender, so I don't want to do that. But I'm just gonna click characters. Right. Um, well, there's list of character slash minor. Okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, Nick. They're actually filling this out. <laughs> And they don't have these guys in there quite yet, you know. Uh, give it some time, and we're gonna get there. But a lot of other people are in there, actually. All right, fair enough. Uh, this might be more impressive than actual Kagurabachi. Any Hazel. So Azami's like, "Oh, I better get going because, like, I'm not assigned to to all this, and I've got my own business to handle. But I will uh, help you get home." Uh, also, his hand is bleeding because of the thing that he did which was very clear uh and uh then he eventually goes the chapter title is smoke signal by the way that's that's Uh what it is uh jiro does explain to char that uh (laughs) azami is a member of the kamunabi i'm actually on Azami's page route now, and I just read affiliation with the Kamunabi. I also have a little detail. This is technically a spoiler, Nick. I don't know if you want me to give it to you, but there is a, a status thing, and it turns out that Azami is in fact alive. It's alive. <laughs> <laughs> I do love whenever like dumb information is included on pages like that. First of all, don't put the status of a character on that blurb in a series where people die because. <laughs> That's a spoiler, guys. Second of all, I love it when people put down like really like weird like goals, and it's like be a mean poopy head. Like, it's... <laughs> what's the weirdest thing you've seen in a wiki? It's stuff like for like Disney characters and stuff because they're written like in a very straightforward manner, and it's like goals to be the biggest bully of their school or something like that, it, or to like to have a good time with their friends. (laughs) I, the one that's always stuck out to me is the Digimon wiki has, uh, like a page for, uh, I don't know if you remember frontier at all, Mm -hmm. but it had the character Zoe. And like, I just remember going through all the different characters. And for some reason, I know why it's because they're weirdos out there. But Zoe's information was way more detailed than everybody else, specifically about her attire. Ah. (laughs) And I was like, this is uncomfortable. I don't like how much work someone put into being like, in this episode, her uh, purple blazer is removed and she instead is. And I'm like, stop. No, it got worse. It like it started like describing like colors of uh, underwear and stuff like that. I was like, I hate this. I don't know why this is here. None of this is relevant. I just I just want to know if she turned into a third thing at some point. I just wanted to know if she turned into a different Digimon. Yes, and let me describe their clothes too. That's still there. I'm looking at it right now. It's all this detail is still there. If you ever wanted to see it. I do remember once coming across like a like a 
like an, a road to El Dorado wiki or something like that, and the page for Chell had like a lot of gifts on it, and I was like, "Why? I, <laughs> I know why, but why?" <laughs> anyway, moving on <laughs> from this riveting, <laughs> creepy. What movie. were we talking about? Oh yeah, zombie salon. Zombie. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, so he brings Jihiro and Char back to the the like one information broker's place. Shiba is there. He doesn't like Azami. Oh, they've got a history. And oh, Shiba used to be part of the organization. Why did he leave? Because they don't get involved in non-government work. They don't intervene in personal matters. And so he quit because it was uptight. So it doesn't seem like much of a reason to leave, but whatever. Uh-huh. Why would you join them in the first place? Anyway. Uh, so because he's not actually dealing with Char, he's not going to do anything with her. He's like, no, I'm just going to leave her here. And Char's really excited about this. She flaps the sleeves of her overly large jacket. It's the best part of the chapter. Uh, and, um, so like, well, what do you want? And as long as like, I'm here to give you the hook for the next, for the first arc of the store of the series, it's going to be a tournament. There's a sword there. It's not. It's not a tournament. Sorry. It's it, it's an auction. It's an auction, Nick. Come on. It's sorry. been a while since we've had a good auction among. Uh, yeah. In the I loved the last one so much. Uh, now, and, Nick, uh, I feel like you're being facetious. Perhaps thinking of the much beloved New York New New Pork City auction, I believe, from Hunter New Hunter. Hunter. I what wasn't it called like New Pork City or some shit like that. <laughs> But we also forget that there was also the uh, Undead Unluck auction, which also did not cover the auction. <laughs> they just immediately just stole things and then left. That's what they encountered yeah, Greed and Rip. I imagine that's probably what's going to happen, too. Yeah, so there's there's a black market auction, and the Rakuza Ichi uh, are, are going to be attending it, and Kunishige Kurokuhiro's legendary Shinuchi of the six enchanted blades is up for auction. So in addition to the cloud gouger being there because the sorcerer who has put the bounty on Char is going to be there and he seemingly has has cloud gouger. Also, also two swords. A, a second sword. Oh my We're god. Two swords. We're not accelerating this place in the manga for no for for, for no reason. Nick, no got, reason they're going to have to make new swords. We're running through all the swords. So also we cut to Sojo. He's he's got a bad haircut, you know. Whoa! How dare you? He's beautiful. He's got, he's got a bad haircut. That's his distinguishing quality. Uh, anyway, uh, they say he's super dangerous. <laughs> Not the fact he has like fucking like frog spots underneath his eyes and neck. It's like bad haircut. Bad haircut. So Asabi says he's he's way too dangerous. Uh, so. Don't get involved in the Shihiro. Don't go after him. Also, I don't understand how this works. My subordinates just erase the bounty that Sojo put on you. That's a curious one. I was like, is that like, wasn't a bounty put on (laughs) by the crime lords? Like, how does that? How do you you erase their bounty? The police (laughs) stopped all that. Fair so, enough. I guess maybe they talk to them. They're like, hey, 
Um, I don't want to bother you guys, and I think you're actually super cool. Could you do us, like, a really teeny tiny favor and get rid of the bounty on that guy? Because we need him to kill you. Yeah. Please. Uh, That'd be great. Thank you. Yeah. So he tells Chihiro, don't get involved with this. And Chihiro's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and the zombie's like, yeah, you're clearly not listening to me. And Shiba says, you know you're talking to a prick wall, right? If you really want to stop Chihiro, snag his sword. Okay. So then um, Azami says, the Hishaku have caused a few incidents since Rokihiro's murder, but nothing this bold before. Are you? Are we still talking about the auction, or are we talking about them You know, trying to kill the little girl in the middle of the street? I'm assuming the little girl. The auction. I mean, the auction's just a private. Like That seems like... It's something that's kind of regular. <laughs> yeah, you just have illegal auctions, Nick. I do it all the time. Uh, to, like, in dreams. Right. Whew. All right, escape that one. <laughs> uh, Azami says, yeah, they're clearly going to do something with the Enchanted Blades, and it'll be really bad when they do. And the auction happens in one month. We have to do everything in our power to be ready. So I guess he just gave up on telling Chihiro not to get involved. It's just immediately acknowledging, like, yeah, he's going to get involved, even though Chihiro has said nothing in this entire time. Because so, he's a very interesting and complex character with a lot of size to him. Now, Nick, I feel, again, like you're being facetious. This character is very cool. If we would like to go back to the wiki, I think we can see cool <laughs> listed as one of his personality traits. Uh, Nick... We're about to get a training arc. We're like eight chapters into the series. And it's time to start getting stronger. So that's very exciting. Uh, I, I'm not sure why this chapter is my breaking point, but I think it is. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know uh, why. Is it because they introduced their cool character in this chapter? They were like, we need to have a cool character. Like, we are we elite in school, but we need to... Look, a... we got to compete with Lightning Law. Yeah, we need our Lightning Law. <laughs> that, that was their big issue. They're like, we don't have a Lightning Law uh, to really take this series to the next level. Like, we're doing good. Lightning Law, though, is doing great. That's... that. Like, we need a character on his level. Look, here's, here's how you judge... Look, your manga can be doing poorly... Your mom can be doing well. Your mom can be doing great. And your mom can be doing lightning law. Right. <laughs> uh, like every like big uh, shonen manga meets with their editor. And the editor's first thing is like, we need a lightning ball level character from you. I, I, I understand what you're hearing. You're like, how do I make, how do I attain perfection again? We're just saying... Uh, take a character who already exists in manga and is very cool, and then you make another version that's better. <laughs> They're like, uh, what if I'm not I... telling you to? I'm not telling you to steal a character, but no, if this... you, because if you steal the law, then it's not stealing uh -huh. because you redefine the law. We're changing everything here. This is transcendental. This is fucking. This is this is art, baby. You know, you're gonna. It's hey. We just had trick or treat. Are you ready for trick or treat 2024? <laughs> billion little kids, 20 billion kids dressed as little lightning. 
Like, not that really 20, 20 billion. Look, not, once all the ladies see lightning law, they're going to be down to have so many kids. Yeah. There's not that currently enough people on the planet for that. But once people realize how cool this character is, they're going to start fucking just so their kids can dress like him for next year. This stupid fucking manga. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's our thoughts on Gagurubachi. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's talk about new sex. Let's kick uh, it back up a notch. <laughs> oh my god. I hope there's a whiteboard to explain things at some point during this chapter. Oh, there is. I flipped there and forgot about it. <laughs> Oh man, it's New Way's signature move. Oh, what hell have we placed ourselves in? <laughs> Why do we have to do these two series back to back? Oh my god, chapter 24, A Captain's Duty. Uh, hey, look, it's, it's, I don't know why this page is laid out the way that it is. The five captains, of course, there's the one that's absent, so they're represented by a silhouette have like oh the exorcist elimination squad captains have the role of magic spirits called the yo it feels like this should just be like a full page dedicated to just their faces and that message and it's like no that's half the page we've got more <laughs> bullshit to establish no there's more lore oh, but this isn't even important lore this is lore that's been established over the last two chapters it's just reiteration what if what? <laughs> now Nick what if you had gotten into a car accident between every chapter of New Exorcist <laughs> And lost your memories each time. You'd be so grateful for these reminders. I'm like, if, if that happened, New Sexist would be my favorite manga. Just like, I forget everything that happens. It's like, oh, I'm up to speed. I get it. <laughs> She's his sister that's not related by blood. I get it. Uh, So, yeah, Nui is like, you should make Gakuro captain because he has a pre-established relationship with me. And uh, one of the captains, the one who was challenging them before, she says, no, that's not going to happen. And Nui's like, are you sure? No. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna cooperate fully if you make Gakuro a captain. So let him manage Origin. And they're like, we haven't even settled on a name for the squad branch. So don't pick. pick uh, yeah, she's like, stop picking the name of the branches. Stupid. We're not listening to what you say. I'm listening to you. So. <sighs> the captain says like look I want to talk about your goal that because you know you're not going to just persuade us without actually revealing something about yourself and do it's like well it'd be embarrassing to say without getting to know you all a bit first so she's so the captain says all right given the way that this location is where there's you know not a lot of bad spirits around we could probably literally assign anyone to manage it it wouldn't be a big deal Okay. All right. So, uh, and uh, yeah. So she goes on to say, like, blah blah blah. There's plans and stuff. Uh, also, if we were to let you have your way, it would be a really bad blow to morale to have a wimpy kid be captain. Uh, and there is also it would cause impediment to our plans. Plans that have been in the making since a thousand years ago. And since I can't trust you, we're not going to consider the selection of that kid. 
Okay. Also, she challenges Nui and says, like, you you say you like humans. Was that all just a lie? And then Nui's like, oh, I get it. You really are a good person. I hate it when, I've grown to hate when characters say this. Like, uh-huh. you really are a good person. I, I'm sick of that. I'm sick of the good guy being like, you really are a good person. It might just be because new sexists got to it, but I don't know. <laughs> so she says, all right, I'll tell you my goal. My goal is just... We Let's cut out part. the part that's actually sure. some. Well, we know what her goal is, so I'm glad we don't have to explain that detail again. Again. Um, but we also, I don't know. It it just feels like there's so much explaining going on that, like, I wish like a skeleton ran into the room or something like that. All the all the captains had to fight. Like I'm just like sitting here, like dying for something to happen. The progression of this entire sequence from the moment that, like, Nui started planning it and we were, like, cutting back and forth with flashbacks in between that and the meeting of the captains to them barging in and stuff, it's been very awkwardly structured. You could, because all this stuff happened so close to each other, you could have had all of everything just explained once. It didn't have to go this way. Yeah, we didn't have to have the explanation about what Nui's goals are and all these things and then her interrupting the captains and then her being like, well, I have to to explain everything I just explained to Gakuro to the captains now. So the other captain starts to speak up and says like, all right, you know, this actually does seem like it could like be favorable for us. And Shimaki, the one who's been challenging everything, uh, eventually is kind of like... gets is like okay yeah 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 but she says yeah but i can't approve this i'm a coward okay but uh new is like well it's all right i didn't expect to just gain your trust at just this how about i give you guys a leash over me like what are you talking about and she says well what comes next is very important so everyone please sit properly and they sit down <laughs> so she pulls out a whiteboard. <laughs> so I almost cried when I read this song. I was like, I can't, I can't keep looking at whiteboards. She, she says, Hyo can be killed one of two ways. The first is super annoying, but I think it's the only option to kill the other five Hyo. The other way is the leash I'm about to give you. I don't believe you'd be able to obtain this from the other Hyo, though. Something that Yo have had from the moment of existence, our true name. But I say that, uh, but it's actually just a super long name. It's, it's your true name. It's your true name. Whatever. You just use a nickname. Whatever. So she's like, so I'll tell you all my true name. Brah! And it's like, oh, was that quiet? It's like, no, no, that's just a sound effect of her say after she says she's going to do it. Oh, and she's also putting up a barrier around them so no one else will overhear it, I guess. It's hard to tell. Whoever. So she says her name. And as they're hearing it, Gakro thinks to himself, in that moment, I saw all of Nue, and I got really scared. <laughs> and there is a kind of cool image. Like, it's just a big two-page spread. It's given, like, a lot of actual scale and, like, in, in a show of importance that's like, okay, you get a look at this thing, you don't see all the details, but it's big and foreboding, and also it's very heavily wounded. There's all these weird spears sticking out of this, like, black feathered form. And Gakuro realizes, like, oh, it's it's got all this unfathomable power, but it's also very tattered. Uh, 
It, so yeah, that it, it's not bad. I, I will say I enjoy it. I, I've played my fair share of D&D and run into demons and devils with true names. Like it's, you know, there's there's fun storytelling to do with that. This idea of like a name that is less of like what we would consider a name and more like a, a complete person in, in that. Like you can do whatever you want to them once you know their true name. Yeah, it's kind of suck when one of these captains turns out to be the traitor and use their true name against her. Oh, so, Nick, who do you think it is? Uh, which one is Squad Five? I think that is Angry Girl. Okay, it's her then. Okay. Or no, which one's the most like uh, an older fatherly figure with glasses? Uh, <laughs> oh well, so Squad Three is the one who seems really nice. So I think that's the one who's going to betray them. That's it's, it. It's, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it seems like they're the really nice person, and it's like, right. no, I'm the bad guy. Yep. So that happens. Uh, honestly, like other than Gakuro's reaction, everyone just kind of like no sells it. It's just kind of like, yeah, okay. Well, that was interesting. All right, you know, the full form of one of the six most powerful beings on the planet. You're just kind of like, yeah, okay. At least, like, have it look like they're, like, trying to restrain themselves instead of just acting like they always do. (laughs) Anyway, so she says, like, yeah, okay, we'll cooperate with you. Uh, And, uh, but then they say, Heiko didn't decide this on her own. We all gave her the signal to do it. Okay. So they're all fine with it. Whatever. So they're like, all right, you're going to be appointed the manager of Nui, as well as the captain of the Exorcist Bureau's sixth elimination squad. And Gakura's like, huh? You've been here for this entire conversation. Why are you confused? I don't understand what his point of confusion is. And they say, yeah, if you fail, we're going to kill Nui. So, uh, better try your hardest. And then she, like, flirts with him. And then he's like, okay, I'll do my best. Yep. This is like such a nothing character. Um, So I really don't know what to say. Like, it's a lot of explanation for one cool moment of like the true name stuff. And like, oh, the unfathomable, like in this moment, I'm witnessing you in a way where you're not just like a pretty attractive high school girl that like I think is super cool. You're like uh, an eldritch being. I really can't truly comprehend the true terror of is like. Interesting, as I said, like no one else sells it. Everyone else is just like, hmm. Uh, and Gakura's just not fun to follow. And I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm, if there's a whiteboard next chapter, Nick, I'm dropping this series. <laughs> I can't I can't do another whiteboard. We're going to get a new chapter of World Trigger in a couple of days that we'll have to cover next week. If there's a whiteboard in that, I'm dropping World Trigger. <laughs> this, this is the whiteboard ultimatum. Nick, if there's a whiteboard in any manga next week, we are dropping it. Well, one piece had a whiteboard in it. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you guys. Good luck. I guess you'll have to follow it on your own from here. <laughs> uh, two on Ice, Chapter 6. Uh, so Hayuma has decided that he will participate in singles skating in order to at least get a, an experience in that world before making his decision of whether he will permanently, you know, pair up with Kisara. I feel like we all know where it's going to go. But anyway, chapter six, where we are, uh, we get the best character in the manga, Kiring, the mascot of the Kirishima group, who's going to teach us all about the skating competition, guys. <laughs> He's a giraffe, and they wears a, a and they wear a suit that says K, the K on it for Kirink. Yay! 
anyway, after after that, uh, it's a lot of like planning and practicing that happens throughout this chapter. Uh, the older girl who uh, was working with Hyuma and Kisara has had to tweak the Lestrada routine for the appropriate level of the competition that Hyuma is going to be entering in. Because there's two levels, there's junior and there's senior. They say, like, look, you have a chance of, like, winning the junior one. If you do that, you'll be, like, really, really standing out uh, in this world. But they have the problem of, like, look, you've just kind of been relying on, you know, imitating Kisara this whole time. You need to work on your own fundamentals and basics. That's what we're going to focus on on this. And uh, the big thing that they start off with is uh, just trying to skate the length of the rink in one go. Not, you know, just like push off once and then just glide the entire way. Uh, and he tries to do that. And uh, he goes off with Kisara to kind of like have me as his measuring stick. And he comes to a stop like 20 meters short of where she is. She gets like all the way across the ice. He gets to uh, just a little over halfway. And so they say like, look, you know, there is a point where if you place pressure on the skate and just hold it there, you will naturally glide a lot further. So you need to work on that fundamental. Uh, and Kisara says like, yeah, this is a big thing that like, you know, a lot of subskaters spend their entire lives doing. Uh, so if you just like, you know, do this, then you can avoid deceleration. And I do like how Yuma, you know, immediately does like a shonen technique term on this, which is I've got to find my skating spot. And she says, that is not a real term. But it's like, no, 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 shonen term. It's fine. Uh, then they have him go over like compulsory figures is what it's called. Basically just drawing the same shape with your skates over and over and over again to work on consistency, which is established to be a very boring thing because it's not part of a routine. It's not full of cool moves and stuff, but it's very important to work on. So you get the basics down. Uh, and as Hayama is working on it, he realizes like, oh, I'm starting to get to this point where like I can feel myself actually moving forward without having to, you know, exert effort on it. And as he's focusing on it, he actually comes to a point where he, he like kind of starts to go towards Kisara without noticing her and almost bumps into her. And then he's like, oh, sorry, I didn't see you. So it's just, you know, a, a nice little change of from like he's focusing on his skating rather than, rather than focusing on her now. He's taking steps forward one at a time and getting more and more used to it. And he's just realizing more and more that the act of skating is fun. Did we note that her uh, t-shirt says, I could skate a little on it? It's a great shirt. So he's focusing on this and he realizes like, you know, I've kind of been in my head, in my own head this whole week. But can I actually get closer to Kisara while while this is all happening? Uh, But as he has been practicing the distance between them and the, as they test it out again has in fact shortened by path he's he's 50 meters and kisara is at 60 meters so it's like all right you know he's progressing hooray uh and they keep on going like hey you know if you if you keep on working at this you'll actually be able to accomplish some of the stuff you were working on kisara says he could actually land a triple axle in no time uh and he kind of like sets those these things as like his goals, like, oh, if I get a good score in the cup, if I can do a triple axle and stuff and just, you know, continuing to keep him motivated and everything. Uh, then they say, you know, if we're working on like, you know, pushing you guys and having you guys be on the same level, why don't we have Kisara also enter women's singles? And you could even perform to the same routine. 
but they're like, well, but, you know, that might be a bad idea because, you know, but they, they go for the pros and cons of it. And eventually they conclude, like, well, if we're going to do that, then we should actually, like, skate more towards Kisara's level. So we should actually enter the senior competition instead of the junior. And immediately their senpai is like, oh, boy, I get to tweak the routine again. Yay. And that's basically the note that we end on. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. I, I don't know how to feel about this series right now. I think this is better than the last couple chapters. It's cute seeing them interact. Uh, it was weird being like, I have to decide if, and I don't mean this is like a negative. I think this was just like, I had a weird ex- expectation for this series, but I was like, oh, I have to learn what it's like to be without Kisara so I can decide whether or not we're going to continue to be a pair and like, you know, unite our futures together. And then it's like, but I'm going to train with Kisara the entire time I do it. Uh, and we're it, entering the same competition at the same time yeah. in order to compare ourselves. And yeah. it's it's a way to make sure that these characters aren't separated. You know, you don't want to yes. do whatever uh, Doronda Roran did with its female lead, where you're just like, oh, she leaves <laughs> or whatever. Um, but it was one of those things where I was like, all right, I, I guess what we're getting was something we need to get. And we're getting skating stuff. It's it's fine. It's cute. This the series, you know, we have blue box at home kind of energy. It's mm-hmm. it's fine. All right. This is the Elusive Samurai, Chapter 131, Masamune, 1337. So Tokyuki and company are back in uh, Karakura. Uh, and so they're at the site of the Hojo clan, you know, mass suicide after the loss in battle. Uh, and so they do take some moments to actually, like, place memorials down for them, which, which is, you know, nice. Everyone paying their respects and, and stuff. Uh, but... Uh, Tokiki realizes, like, I haven't beaten Takaoji yet, so I can't just rest here. I've got to keep on going. Uh, there's also a note that uh, his arm is really, really sore from the battle that he had with Shiba the previous day uh, because he's not used to wielding a heavy, proper sword like Onimaru the way that he was. Uh, so, like, hey, why don't you just stick to, like, normal swords and you'll save Onimaru for actually, like, important opponents that you have to use it against. Uh, but Kojiro is also thinking, well, after he gives that advice, like, I need to figure stuff out with my sword, too, because, of course, in the previous battle, he was overwhelmed and couldn't defeat the weird science soldier guy that it was who he sicked on them. Uh, then uh, there there is also a nice note, which is Tokiki's like, I've got to write letters to the families of all of the fallen soldiers in my group and Shizugu goes off to help him in, in doing that uh, but we skip over that point to have them go and see Masumune uh, the of course famous swordsmith Sheena is there too because she's been you know hanging out with him the whole time anyway and they're like alright yeah these kids want some weapons and stuff uh, and they say Sheena's skill and your weapon saved me yeah, it was very important the contribution she made to the battle very important definitely not completely overshadowed by a guy who was also there who shot arrows that you didn't make uh, but it's established that I don't know how this is, makes any sense statically <laughs> speaking Masamune says I design. Oh yeah, she tires out fast, doesn't she? Uh, yeah, she does. Nice. Yeah, I designed her weapons that way on purpose, so that she would get worn out. So there is an in-character explanation for this that thematically makes perfect sense. 
But when you think about it pragmatically, it's <laughs> I have taught I have made her weapons wrong as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it is very much like I've foreseen everything. Uh, and I thought it'd probably be for the best for her. She <laughs> some kind of, she just kind of burns out kind of quickly, you know, take right. care of her. So the justification is like, yeah, I made her weapons in such a way that she gets tired easily. So she can't just throw herself into battle hoping to die in the service of her lord. I want her to actually work alongside her her comrades and this will actually help her to find such a way that she'll try and preserve her own life to help everyone. Mm -hmm. So It makes sense from that perspective but from a tactical perspective this is bad. (laughs) I I like it because this is like a shonen manga so this is like a weird dude who's just like no I care about the people I give my weapons to but yes in a practicality way it's like see so you made her you put like a like a fail safe gimmick in her weapons. Like I don't know <laughs> I don't know if I'm a huge fan of that as someone trying to win the war. Yep. Um they're they established like, okay, so Kojiro seems like he's the one who was most in need of a new of a new weapon. Uh Masumune starts getting ready to get to work. And then Tokiyuki goes over to him and is like, Oh, I've got an idea. You and Shida should pair up and also maybe while you guys are working together, maybe he's just like shipping them like fully and un- unashamedly, which is kind of cute, I guess. Mm-hmm. He's he's ten or twelve or whatever however old he is. <laughs> what if you guys got married? <laughs> but uh, Masamune says like, okay, so <sighs> this is a bit weird. Where he's just flat saying, also, I made a sword for Ienok. <laughs> I make weapons for your enemies too, and it's like, oh, it's so honorable how he just makes weapons for everyone. It's like. The idea again. <laughs> the idea he's trying to get across is he doesn't pick people. He doesn't pick sides or anything like he that. Pick he's sides. like weapons are important for people, and I try to cater the stuff to them. Yes, but again, I I don't know if it's appropriate for like the people that he's working with. Be like, oh, that's so cool. It should be more kind of along the lines of I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So he establishes, like, okay, this is what Kojiro needs in order to work because, you know, you excel at two types of attacks, you know, precise slashes and risky, powerful, all full body strikes. Nothing in between works. If you can't make powerful consecutive strikes with one hand, you're not going to be able to stand against Nagao, the guy that defeated him before. Uh, and uh, he also establishes, like, yeah, Nagao's sword was made by a guy named Kuniyuki. And I hate that guy because he makes more money than me. Fair enough. So he's like, yeah, you got to beat that guy. I'm going to give you a good sword. You need this. I call it Kurogane no Yanagi, Black Iron Willow. Uh, it's, uh, I, I put a I put a cord. You put it on your gauntlet. Solved! <laughs> it's kind of underwhelming compared to all the weird, weird cool shit he did before. I don't know. I thought this, this one was kind of cool of like, here's like weird techniques I'm going to give him essentially and whatnot. Yes. They go on to establish, like, okay, you know, this, like, alleviates the strain on your wrist when you're absorbing heavy blows and stuff. He immediately takes to training with Kojiro to do it, you know, goes out at him with a sword, and Kojiro is able to parry them really easily, even with one hand, because of the way that the grip and the cord are tied to him. Uh, and then he also, yeah, Masumi is like, here, just try striking this inferior sword and Kojiro cuts all the way through it. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it's a good, it's a good powerful sword uh, and it's going to help him in battle and stuff. 
And he's like, oh, and, and uh, now I can fight Nagao. And Masamune says, and that boy Fubuki. Like, oh, how did you know he left? And he says, you two were incompatible. You're satisfied with less. His eyes betrayed an intense hunger. For whatever the reason, I suspected that someday you will confront each other. So I gave him swords with fatter hilts. When gripping them tightly in a frenzy, the burden on his palms is lighter. So, uh, again, I foresee all. Uh, Also, uh, Natsu is looking over this and is like, so, oh, this man does not distinguish between friend and foe. Yeah. So, okay. And then he has them all leave and Tokiki is left to think about like, oh, right, Fubuki left us and I'm worried about him and I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, oh man, are we gonna get through an entire chapter without Akiye? No, here he is. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why am I enjoying this chapter so much? Oh, that's why. That's why I was enjoying it. They, they invoke Marie Antoinette because he says, if there's no rice, then eat sweet cakes. Okay. Uh, but they established that, oh, the enemy was here and they've depleted all the provisions and stuff, so we can't stay here, so we have to do something else. We're going to have a hunting thing and there'll be a prize uh, for it. Uh, enough so that any one of you could actually go home and buy your own your home village. And uh, so they're going to have a competition amongst the entire army as kind of a little break uh, to get the the best uh, the best the best catch, the best the best fish. And Shizuku's like, we could get money from this for the army. It's like, I mean, yeah, but you could also tell Akie to fund the army, but whatever. It's fine. Um, We're going to get a short little mini arc where our characters get to go fishing and hopefully get to interact and it should be fine. Yeah, I, this uh, this is an okay chapter. It's a little, little weird, but hey, Kojiro's got a new sword. Mm-hmm. Yay. Let's talk about Akane Banashi. <laughs> it's, the, it's the story 84. It's present location. And we uh, have, you know, reestablished the stakes really quick, which is Asagao has, is going to, you know, he's going to become Ufutatsume. And uh, they've been given the challenge from Chocho, which is, hey, Karashi and Akane are going to be, you know, helping you out, put on a show. Your challenge is to sell a place out before your debut. And this study event means it needs a little something to spice it up. Uh, so he says, like, look, the Rakugo Cafe can hold 50 people if you pack it. I want you to sell out all 50 seats for your study event. And uh, he's also putting trust in Akane and, and Karashi in order to, to do this, pull this off. Uh, so Asagawa Mila is like, I've got a plan. And uh, he's made flyers. A uh, flyer of him looking all cool and sexy. And he's like, ah, come and watch me do Rakugo. Also, Akani and Karashi are going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Karashi is immediately like, are you fucking kidding me with this? And Asuka's like, it's cool, isn't it? And Akane is like, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> I I love the, the, the energy of these three together. Uh, it's very fun. Uh and Asagawa says, like, yeah, I gave I gave the flyer a bunch of copies of it to my old bros to have them, like, you know, pass it around. I'm sure we're going to get a huge turnout for it. Uh, and uh, also, Akane is like, hey, this is really cool. You actually put our names on the flyer way down here at the bottom. And Karash is like, fuck you. <laughs> uh, 
but you know, kind of like, hey, normally they don't put the Zenza's name on flyers like this at all. So it's it's hey, this is nice. This is our show. It's gonna be it's people who are gonna go there are gonna be there for the three of us. It's really exciting. Yep. Uh, and but Karachi says no one cares what you think about it. He's <laughs> <laughs> cold. <laughs> uh, so. They uh, also said, like, okay, we're going to have this this order. Uh, and Asuka was like, look, I'm going to be performing twice. I'll perform the opener and I'll also perform the ending. Akane goes after me. Then we do an intermission and the Karashi before me. And he says, like, look, ordinarily the Zenza only get to perform Zenza Banashi, but, like, all bets are off of this. Y'all can do whatever you want. Uh, so they go out and there are four people in the audience. Yeah, I've, been, I've been there. <laughs> yeah. And Asuka was immediately like, taking off his game. Uh, he sees how small the crowd is. And Karashi is like, damn, this is this is bad. And he, he just acknowledges, like, look, in order to get people to come out to a live show, you got to, like, pull them away from all sorts of stuff. There's all sorts of reasons why people would not go to see a show with us. Whether they're just, like, not feeling all that great or they were, like, not that excited to see it to begin with. Uh, we're all people learning on the job. That's, it's not. Hmm. That's the key thing. None of them are household names yet. They're they're like you know people that they've seen at shows maybe before, but you know mm-hmm. these are all Zenzas, so packing a show full of them is a challenge. Yeah, the complete polar opposite from what we saw with Chocho's show, where you know an entire theater got packed up because they wanted to see specifically him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, yeah, no one cares about these kids yet. Uh. And Karash is like, yeah, this is just the world of traditional arts. And I did think that Master Chocho was being kind of lax, but actually this is, you know, actually a pretty, pretty rough assignment he's given us. But then Akane looks at the crowd and it's like, already four people. And Karash is like, what? 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 No! <laughs> Look, tickets were 1,000 yen, which is like $10. So four people doesn't even cover the rental fee for the cafe. We are losing money on this event. <laughs> and the guy is like, yeah, but it's not zero people. And if there are more than zero, it's something to build on. And she ties her hair up and she looks all confident and cool and stuff. And she thinks about uh, one of her current goals to surpass right now, Kaisei. She thinks he, as soon as he became a Futatsume, he filled this place out by himself. And there's four people here. This is our present location. It's an important event before Anisan's big debut. And Karaji starts to realize, yeah, I guess there is something to build on. I mean, there's you, nowhere you, to go but you, up. You can get three. You can go down. I do need to note. It's not down. zero. So there's nowhere to go but up. You could lose yeah. people. Uh... And uh, so they both start to kind of like build themselves up in terms of like a kind of like what can I what I can do right now is I can perform in a way that makes everyone here want to see me again. And Karashi thinks like that. Yeah, this is a place to test something bigger than the stories that I'm normally allowed to tell. So I and I can't let anything that I'm involved in be a failure. So they're like, I'm going to use this. And I kind of like, I'm going to use my rock ago. Karashi says, I'm going to use my branding and I'm going to sell this venue out. So it's it's a nice note. Mm-hmm. And uh, we could have ended the chapter there, but uh, an ongoing plot is afoot. Uh, and so there was a little, a little something that was uh, set up at the end of the last chapter. A mysterious shady figure 
and we are reintroduced to the concept of the Arakawa school has the arch four. There is, of course, there there is Isho, Arakawa, and then there are the arch four amongst which Shigama is a part of. And the fourth member of that is uh, we're being introduced to him right now. Hey, remember that person that Akane thought that she was going to go and meet uh, through Chocho? Oh yeah, we're going to still meet him. And our journalist friend uh, has just attended a show that he has been put on, another one that was sold out, and where everyone is just kind of like overwhelmed and uh, not applauding, uh, just sucked in by the atmosphere of everything. And this is his presence that like you know, everyone's just so sucked into it. Tizen Arakawa, and he looks uh, just like by default unhappy, just very, very stern all the time. He is approached by the journalist who says, like, oh, I'm sorry for interrupting you so soon after the performance. I was wondering if you might sit down for an interview. And Tizen lifts his hand up and is, like, clenching it while putting his palm towards him. And uh, he uh, pushes his collar down. It was, it was, he's it was very moving. scary. Ah! Oh, wait, no. He's, he's a nice guy. <laughs> Uh, again, it's flinching under his gaze and everything, and uh, it's completely cowed the journalist, but Cho-Cho shows up at that moment, wearing his flowery freaking shirt, and he's like, Ah, oh, you sure haven't gotten any more talkative. How you doing, Ty? <laughs> uh, he's like, Oh, man, come on. We haven't seen each other in eight years. You can at least crack a smile, you sour bastard. <laughs> That's where we end the chapter. Is it just, Ty's just looking at him like, I'm you're 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 killing my vibe, man. <laughs> you're really fucking up my weird imposing monster dude vibe. <laughs> he still doesn't say anything. <laughs> How did he tell a story? <laughs> uh, this is a cool chapter. I like that the characters are motivated to do their event. Uh, the other stuff is something that I'm like, I know this is relevant and important. Uh, but the other stuff is like, all right, we're building up to the next arc, so I'm excited to see that. Yeah. Nick, would you like us to wrap this up? Let's talk. Yeah, with One Piece. Let's talk about One Piece. This is chapter 1096, Kumachi. So, we open, we're in the flashback. Uh, God Valley, they're starting to hunt. It's very sad. People are like, I can't believe we're about to be hunted. This is fucking awful. Uh, So you just see the awful things being prepared to happen. We cut over to i can't remember what his rank is i want to say vice admiral kong uh who is basically calling uh garp it's like hey garp i need you to go why do i have to go to this remote island i can't tell you just go we can't take chances and he's like oh is this a celestial dragon's little field trip well whatever (laughs) yeah maybe they shouldn't fucked with full lead and taking a bunch of stuff from that of course they're gonna come back and ultimately just comes down to him being like uh look we just didn't think that Roger was going to get involved. and that's Roger's like, there! <laughs> Garp pops up. He's like, I'm going! Uh, we cut over to Full of Lead very quickly just to establish that the Rocks Pirates have left it. Uh, and other people are like, come on, we gotta go catch up. And then we get back to God Valley. And mm-hmm. we see like the big you know, blockade, essentially, of Navy ships. And the, the game is currently underway. And... Uh, Ivan Kov is kind of giving this narration of like they have this murder game to take everybody down 
who would believe that the hundred thousand people who live on this island will all be dead in just three weeks? Is this real life or is it hell? And one of the one of the new slaves is just like, no. But if we survive the, the, the if we survive weeks, though, Ivan Cobb's like. There is no chance they are letting anyone live. That is just something they tell you so that you don't just fall into despair because at that point you wouldn't be interesting to hunt anymore. You need to have like the belief of hope for it to be worth uh, yes. worth it for them to hunt you, basically. Um, a random fishman. I don't think this is anyone significant breaks their locks and frees them. Yeah, but you can't be sure of that, Quid. <laughs> I truly can't. This guy <laughs> might be uh, significantly relevant very, very soon. Um and we learned something about Ginny that I wasn't expecting. That she's like mm -hmm. a wiretapping expert. Mm -hmm. uh, she's basically been like, hey, I think I know our key to success. There are two devil fruits that are here on this island. One of them is the most powerful devil fruit in existence. It turns you uh, into the mythical azure dragon. And the other one is the pawpaw fruit, which allows the person to teleport themselves and anyone else to distant islands. They're both here in God Valley. Quinn, who's going to get these fruits? It, you know, it's wild. So we're going to have to wait and see. Um, so the, the, these kids basically make the decision. They're like, we got to eat these fruits. Uh, but they're like, hey, that that's impossible. They're in the middle of the island. How will that possibly happen? And Ginny's like, yep, uh, I'm a pro at tapping and sending transmissions and thieving. So I actually sent out a message like about the island before everything happened so maybe two weeks heard ago it. yeah two weeks ago she sent it so she's like maybe someone heard this basically but for our plan to work we're gonna need a decoy and kuma mm. who literally has a target painted on his back and an arrow okay. already in it is he's like, like 10 <laughs> he's not even 10 at this point i think he's nine he's eight i think yeah. i think he's nine they established later on he says i'll do it i'm big and hearty so i could survive longer than everybody else and i don't want to see anyone else die it's very, very sweet kid. So they're like, all right, plan into action. Boom, the rock pirates have shown up. And they're like, holy shit, this is really, really bad. Uh, and we get what everybody was super excited about in this chapter. It was a little like hype leading into this chapter. And it's primarily, I believe, because of this panel where we get to see mostly a full roster of the significant rocks pirates characters many of the, the significant ones... rocks pirates because there yeah. are just some nameless so-and-sos in the background of yes. this shot too so we get to see uh a lot of the characters we know we you know we see uh white beard uh big mom kaido and mm -hmm. i believe that's stussy that's riding on it's blackbeard's back it is stussy yes we learn a new character, or not, we learn a character was affiliated with the Rocks Pirates we didn't know before, which is Gloriosa, the one who looks like uh, one of the Kuja Pirates. She was the it's old lady. Hancock's grandmother, I think. I, I I can't remember if they were related or not, but she was like the leader of that tribe three right, generations okay. ago, basically. So like, oh, this is new detail that she's there. Then we kind of get like cameos. So like Shiki's there. Which is a character who was in, I think, Strong World, the movie, who they did establish as a real character. Oh, oh, the the lion guy. Yeah, the guy right. who eventually gets like a, a a wheel stuck in his head, basically. So he, you know, we're we're. I think we already knew he was part of the Rocks Pirates, but it's like, hey, this character's kind of kind and sort of. I guess I don't know. Uh, Look, he was there. <laughs> and then, of course, Nick. Who could forget Captain John? <laughs> Which is not a name I made up. 
the guy who's drinking has been uh, in this series in like random cameos for fucking ever. Anyway, people who went wild about this and like the two people who don't speak who we see at the bottom of the page were also um, members of the Rock Pirates and people saw them as zombies in Gecko Moria. So there's some theories like maybe Thriller Bark hmm. become or uh, God Valley becomes Thriller Bark. Who knows? Whole bunch of stuff. We get to see them. Uh, the Celestial Dragons are really upset. They're like, what the fuck is the Navy doing? The Rocks Pirates are on land. Like, <coughs> they have to handle this. And then, oh my god, the Roger Pirates are also here. And we see Gold Roger and Silver's Relay. And then, uh, a bunch of other people that I really think someone was trolling me by saying, like, no, that's Scoop's Magoodle over there. <laughs> and and Gipsy Bobble in the back. I was like, these can't be real characters. They teased. I can't. I can't follow everybody. Uh, we see Sir Garland preparing. Notably, we see like a woman uh, next to him, and then somebody with like a like a, a cowhead mask, essentially. So these very likely are members of the Holy Knights in the future, or maybe their descendants are. So I don't know. Keep keep in, keep those designs in mind. Uh, and then was it was it established previously that Roger had a straw hat? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's always had a straw hat. If you say so. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Garp shows up. Hey, it's Vice Admiral Garp. Now, Nick, you might notice there's one person I didn't talk about in there. Uh, his crew is all there. Uh, but uh, we don't actually see Rox himself <laughs> in this flashback. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, all these players are here. So, yeah, it's complete chaos going on. And in that chaos... Kuma and Ivankov have found the two fruits that they were talking about. Uh, before Ivankov can eat his, though, like, they just start to debate. They're like, huh, I wonder, like, what it's like to eat these. Boom. Big Mom comes in and uh, interrupts everything. She grabs uh, Ivankov and grabs the devil fruit, which is our, like, oh, that's what she meant when she was like, I got you your devil fruit, Kaido, everything like that. Uh, Ivankov's like, just eat the fucking fruit, Kuma. <laughs> eat the goddamn yeah. fruit. So he chomps it down. Uh, but then Sergei, god damn it, Saint Saturn comes in and sends him away. I will kill the child. Yeah, and he has, <laughs> he's very intimidating. He says, Buccaneer boy, your only options are slavery and death. History itself. Child of the Warren Sap lineage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I keep forgetting that now that this is established, you can just keep referencing Buccaneer players till the cows come home. Uh, Kuma has uh, a nice little speech where he's like, are you important, mister? It doesn't make sense that you're born important, and there's no reason for someone to be born a slave. And if I've got some kind of power, then I want to be like Nika, and I want to save as many of these unfortunate people as I possibly can. And no, say, that's not the way it works. So you see, sometimes <laughs> you are born Warwick Dunn, and sometimes <laughs> you are born Riddell Anthony. <laughs> yes, I, I understand the context of that. Uh, St. Saturn just says, that is why you people will vanish for good. And we get a little narration that says the event, this event would be lost to the dark shadows of history. So Nick, I, I mentioned before, I think uh, yep. two weeks ago, I was like, all these things happened at God, at God Valley. 
Uh, they, there they are, over they, there. They do. Now it's not the time to see them, which is good, because this is Kuma's flashback, and Kuma is yes. presumably evolved in a lot of that stuff. But it is one of those things where I'm like, fuck, I hope I live another five years so we yeah. <laughs> I get to actually see what happens with all of that. Um, so we cut over to the Sorbet Kingdom in the South Blue. Uh, Kuma, Ivankov, and Ginny are there. And they're they're staying there now. There's a little note that like the only news about the God Valley incident is that Garp was very heroic. They won't report anything else. That Morgan is such a hack writer. <laughs> um, Kuma is praying because he's like, I'm thinking of all the lives I couldn't have, I didn't save. And Ivankov's like, you saved over 500 people. Knock it off. You were amazing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, you literally have the hands of liberation that set people free. And Kuma looks at his hands. He sees his little paw print symbol. Yep. Um, Ivankov makes a declaration that he's going to head out to sea. He's going to use his newfound uh, freedom and, and live life to the fullest. Uh, Kuma has a very sweet line where he says, For as long as I live, I have a, I'll never forget your face. And this is so heartbreaking. Because when Ivankov runs into Kuma at the Marineford arc, he shouts at him, don't you recognize my face? And Kuma doesn't, because he's basically a robot at that yeah. point. It's very sad. Um, but Ginny says, uh, I'm going to stay with Kumachi and figure out mm-hmm. what I want to do with my life. So goodbye. You know, take care of you. And uh, Ginny notes that she is four years older, so it's up to her to feed little Kumachi. <laughs> he's uh, like three times her He's like huge. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it literally is like the next panel of her being like, cut that log. And um, she rides around on his back. Because yes. he's so much bigger. Uh, a bunch of kids start picking on Kuma because they're like, oh, you're nine. You're a monster liar. Uh, and they throw things at her. And then Ginny beats them up. And then Kuma uses his paw paw powers. Yeah, he, yeah. Pushed, he pushes it away. This is also heartbreaking because people point out I'm glad people pointed this out. I would never pick this up. These two guys are essentially the only two members of Bonnie's crew that ever got any sort of screen presence in any way, shape, or form, which is like an adorable little detail at the idea that Bonnie's crew was kind of like headed by some of her dad's friends, essentially, or like people that knew her dad a lot. Um, It's a little detail that's nice. Uh, So... Uh, all these people are following them now. They're like, oh, this is so great. And we finish as uh, Ginny and Kuma are having this big meal. And Ginny's just going crazy. She's eating these things. And she like finishes. She's like, oh, it's not enough. And Kuma's like, hands her a little more. And she's like, for me. And she's so excited. She gets to eat so much. And she like looks out a window. And she's like, hey, when did they turn you into a slave? And Kuma's like, oh, it's like four. And she's like, oh, me too. And he's like, that's not something you should celebrate. And Ginny just starts crying because she's full. And she has not she's been full. full her entire life, really. They don't they push the point or hammer it too hard. It's like, I'm so full. Yeah. And they're, she starts crying. And then because she's crying, Kuma starts crying. And yeah. they're just so happy yeah, together. Very, very happy. And that's, that's where we end this little chapter. Nick, I don't like that we know who Kuma is in the future. And we don't know who Ginny is. I... I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here already being like, I know this kid from when she was an actual fucking child. I'm going to have to watch her grow up and fucking die, and it's going to destroy me. 
Yeah, and uh, it was for whatever reason, it wasn't until like the last page of this chapter I was like, oh, she's Bonnie's mom. The yeah, fuck? It's, <laughs> it's, 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 he's gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's going to be fucking heartbreaking. But I think it is also such an adorable thing that she's like, oh, I, I'm I'm you know eating all this much, and then like the trait that we know Bonnie has of like the yeah. glutton and all that. It's like a weird, uh, weirdly adorable little connection between yeah. the two. Yeah, that she's this was is this gluttonous person at first like ah it's because she's a pirate and stuff. it was like no it's because like she ate a lot because her parents always wanted her to have enough because yeah. they knew what it was like to starve <laughs> uh, it does yeah recontextualize a lot and, and really bring a lot of uh, human emotion to you know goofy stuff which is of course what one piece excels so much at so yeah. Uh, yeah, this was not quite the chapter I think we were expecting to get. I think that, like you said, we were expecting to spend some time at the big event much more than uh, this. But what we got, I really, really did like. Yeah. I love the focus on Kuma. I also was shocked at this weird casual revelation that seems to be, which is, and did I just not know this before, that Ivankov is apparently Bonnie's uncle? Or, well... Uncle Aunt, whatever, whatever, however, however Ivanka was feeling in the moment. <laughs> yeah, uh, some sort of relation. Um, yeah, uh, that's assuming that when Ginny refers to him as bro, that is meaning like big brother and not Actual just like. Familial. right. Yeah, uh, but no, that like that there is some connection. Uh, I mean, we knew there was definitely some connection between um, Bonnie or uh, Kuma and Ivankov. So the idea that there would right. then be some with Ivankov is not out of left field um but yeah the idea that there might be even more between them is very very uh, cute hmm. uh yeah uh i'm both excited at the to see the next chapter and also dreading it because uh, <laughs> it's like it's like can we just like leave on the happy ending at the two children yeah no, this happy. is it this is where the story ended and then we follow a different kuma <laughs> don't do this uh, to well, me We'll uh, we'll be catching up now, on that next. Nick, week. how would we pace this chapter if this was Eden Zero? Uh, so they <laughs> so first off, the last page has to be a different flashback. <laughs> yeah, the, the last one is uh, the flashback to like the ancient kingdom or something like that for one page, and we're just like, what does this mean? I'm sorry, uh, Professor Phoenix really interrupted this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's enough of this. You're talking about Ian Zero again. I'm fucked with this. <laughs> All right, guys, that is it for weekly manga recap this week. What were the best things about this week in manga, though? Uh, what you're, were? You're gonna go were... first. Okay, my my favorite chapter. I think I'm gonna have to say One Piece. I I. I it's too cute at the end i can't not say that like and, and i have to say like i want to impress upon people how much i liked this so that you will also have the context for how much i will hate it when it comes crashing down <laughs> in a week or two yeah when this all breaks bad i legitimately considered Ginny as my mvp and i was like no i'm gonna save it for when she dies <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. There is a chance for Oda to do something great, which is to not confirm that she is dead in this flashback. And yeah, everyone will be like, maybe she's not dead. <laughs> oh my god, she's actually been enjoying retirement. Huzzah! <laughs> just hanging on an island somewhere. She's just been vibing. <laughs> Things have actually been going great. I do not know who to give my favorite character to. 
Uh, I think I'm going to have to go with Bakugo. He talked some good shit on all for one. <laughs> I am going to agree with you in Bakugo being my MVP as well. And I think I'm going to give my chapter of the week also to My Hero as well. I really enjoyed this chapter of My Hero this week. It was really kind of satisfying to see like the connection with Bakugo and the, insp- the inspiration that came as a result of it. But One Piece was also very good. Um... I think there's some good stuff all around, but I think also we had uh, Undead Unlock. A lot of people actually that won our audience pick for MVP mm-hmm. or for uh, series of the week. And then uh, the MVP was uh, Quan Chi. So, yeah, that's stuff. not a surprise given the way that uh, <laughs> our, our, our Discord was talking about the chapter after it came out yesterday. What do you, uh, uh, they, they, they see her, Nick? That's all they want. They want more nice Quan Chi. Admittedly, she did do like some of the coolest stuff this week. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah. all right, guys, that's gonna do it for Weekly Recap. Thank you all for joining us for the live recording here on Twitch.tv/RoloT or wherever you listened or watched this uh, when it was posted afterwards. At, uh, we are on WeeklyMangaRecap.Podbean.com. The audio version is also available on iTunes, Spotify, and all sorts of other podcasty type places. Video version is on YouTube.com/WeeklyMangaRecap. The tile cards uh, are sometimes done by Steve Mann, whose artwork you can check out by looking for Steve Mann art. Uh, and if you like booby type things, then he's your man. Uh, and also, the opening sequence for the video version is done by Malajack Stillitz and Wednesdaydale Cheddar. You can check out the Discord wherever this does get posted, it'll be linked. And you can use that to uh, participate in our wonderful Discord community conversations about uh, chapters as they come out the recommendation as we're working our way through it and all sorts of other stuff as well uh, and also there is a link to the google doc maintained by ninja x3i which keeps track of all sorts of statistics and information associated with the history of the show as well as some stuff that uh, might you know affect the future as in mvp voting questions for future episodes and other stuff like that yeah all the cool shit and if you want to have more weekly manga recap in your life, more Patreon, more weekly manga recap, weekly morga recap. Wow. Uh, it's, it's I don't know, it's not a good one. Uh, <laughs> Patreon.com slash weekly manga recap if you want to uh, financially support the show and also get some additional bonus content where we record something monthly and put up there and usually our ideas are very very weird very silly and weird we have a weird one coming up i'm not gonna lie there's there's a current one which is just wmr lives which is very very fun mm-hmm. uh, and then there's a very weird one coming up in november i'm sorry it's just it's gonna be it's gonna be strange that's right all right that's it that is it thank you everyone for listening we'll catch you next time and remember uh you need more lightning law in your life so yeah <laughs> next time you see somebody who says they're a big fan of law just in full honesty ask them lightning law lightning <laughs> see, see what happens go to one piece forum someone's like uh, uh, uh who do you think do you think uh, luffy could beat law and then you're like mm, probably just because lightning law's powers are lightning based go on to all the law and order uh, discussion threads uh-huh. and it's like people talking about the shows like you know what would be even better lightning law and order i think law could beat order in that in that case <laughs> <laughs>